Hi, I'm April. And I'm Steph. And you're listening to The Thirst. This is our podcast about movies. TV. Books. Wait, uh, music. <laughs> music. Other aspects of pop culture. Pop cultural um, things. You can find us online, Twitter, we're at thethirst, soundcloud.com forward slash thethirstpod. iTunes, you can search for us, The Thirst. Instagram, we're at thethirstpod. If you want to send us any questions, queries, you can email us, thethirstpod at gmail.com. And we also have a Tumblr, which... Is now active. Way reactive. The, reactive. It's the firstpod.tumblr.com. Um, this is episode eleven. Eleven. Eleven from Stranger Things. We're in double digits. Double it's very digits. well, more double digits. What's the bingo thing for eleven? Two. No, not two fat. Two fat ladies. <laughs> no, that's eighty-eight. Eleven. Two sticks. I think it's legs. <laughs> legs. <laughs> legs eleven. Two. I think it's legs, legs eleven. I think it's legs eleven. Stranger Things number eleven. Stranger Things number eleven. Um, we are joined today by a special guest. A special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? No. No. <laughs> um, Von's here today. Yes, we are our doing Von. Um, a very Von-centric um, topic as our main draw today. Yes, you may have heard of Von. She's our Stephen. She is our Stephen. Von is our Stephen from uh, Australia. This time I get to speak, though. Yes. So that's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, last time you could hear you faintly in the background. (laughs) Just trying not to, like... Trying to keep us on course, but um, not really working, because that never happens. No. So we'll see how today goes. Yes, but we're very excited to have you here. Very, very... um, We've only been talking about it since, like, before the podcast even started, I think. Yeah, it was literally like, Like, when we do the podcast, Von has to come We can go, Yes. What did the podcast involve? Our only permitted guest. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Actually, no one else is allowed to come on. No. Unless they are famous. Yes. Or, no. yeah, basically just famous. No one else is as thirsty as me. No. That's you, true. You've ticked all the boxes of, like, thirst, cultural knowledge. Yeah, that is a main caveat for yeah. having to be eligibility. You actually know what you're talking about. More so than us. Yeah, so. that's true. Especially yeah. today. So we'll, this is going to be really <laughs> awkward when she puts us to shame. <laughs> We're like... Sure, no one's going to listen to us anymore. We'll see how it goes. Yes. Um, so, news. Yes. Should we just jump in with something nice? Let's just nice jump in with some news. It's like nice for a change. We're going to start with the. Well, not nice because it's not nice. There's but, literally nothing nice to say anymore. But it's the funnier thing rather than the, the shit things which we follow. Um, Blake Shelton was named the sexiest man alive by People magazine this week. Disgusting. Thoughts. I had to explain to Tom who Blake Shelton was. Well, I didn't really know. I mean, Tom doesn't even know, like, about the sneezing panda on YouTube, so... No, he doesn't. This so is, you know... But really know. I, I also didn't really know who Blake Shelton was. I was vaguely aware of him as a concept. Yes. I knew who he was because he's Gwen Stefani's boyfriend yes. now. That's. I feel like that's the context that everyone understands. And they met on The Voice yes. in America. Oh, okay. He's a country singer. Yeah. Who is just reprehensible. If you don't know much about Blake Shelton, he is a country singer, but... Um, He's in the past has said very um, questionable things regarding uh, just racist and homophobic. Just right? he's massive. Ra- well, he's not massive racist and homophobic. I'm sure. Um, but he's just, just an average. Yeah. He's just ca- casual. so casually racist. He's keeping it casually racist for everyone. But I don't want to be rude. But the thing with with Tom having no awareness of who Blake Shelton was is that I made him Google him with the with the you know explanation that like he's just been named. The world's sexiest the man. The world's People magazine. And Tom was like, man. oh, cool. Let's check him out. And he was like, preparing wow. myself. Wow, just no. No. Just no. Literally it's not no. it's a no. Let's a unanimous no, you're a no. Literally I'm a no. no. Are you I'm a no? One hundred percent a no. Yeah. I don't want to be rude about it, but no. I don't know who voted for this. I think Gwen Stefani's just paid someone. 
because it just doesn't make any sense. Well, he's not even the best Gwen Stefani adjacent person. No, exactly. It just it's Gwen, just, yeah. your boyfriend's not hot. No, he's just, he's not. just not I'm all sure that. It's not, there was I can't remember what her response was to it. I did see that she tweeted or had given. She didn't even say he was hot. She just said that he was funny and that she liked him, <laughs> which is obviously. <laughs> I just <laughs> really like funny guys. Personality is important. Yeah, that, oh, it's so that isn't it? Yeah, casual racism is important <laughs> to me. It's fine, but he makes me laugh, so it's completely okay. Yeah, we um, just love funny guys. But um, this just got us thinking, and there was a thing going around um, Twitter, which was people basically show anyone, anyone who's better looking, any posting pictures of anyone in the world that is better looking than Blake Shelton. Have you seen? Because Vaughn and I went through people's past lists. Like, their past sexiest men every oh, year. No. Have, do you know some of them? No. Okay. Please enlighten Let's me. go back 10 years. It goes on for a while, Ooh, so I've okay. done 10 years. Um, and you have to let me know whether you agree. Okay. 2016 was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, I don't personally agree with it, but I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's sexy. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. probably... That's fine. Like, I mean, it's probably not my type specifically, no, but no, objectively no. can see that he's oh, yeah, a sexy he's a handsome dude. Man. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's a handsome man. If not my presented part. in a room with him, I probably wouldn't say no. I'd probably turn to Mush because it's... He's the rock. It's he's, the rock. <laughs> he's literally a rock. It's literally the rock. Uh, 2015, David Beckham. Yep, fine, 100% in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's fine. Sexy. We're all agreed. See, the backlit is not too bad. Uh, 2014, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. 100% yes. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. Yes. Uh, 2013, Adam Levine. Uh, okay, no. No, because he's a bit grotty. Uh, yeah, but, like, he's handsome. I used to fancy Adam Levine, so... Yeah. Just, I, I feel like... like he's fancier, I mean, he's handsomer than Blake Shelton. 100%. Yes. But a bit grotty. He's fine, like, yeah, fine. He wouldn't be on my he's... sexiest No, he's no. a bit dirty. I think it, that Grubby. element of... And I like trash, but he's well, going... Well, going to be my follow-up, is that he's not very unfancy. <laughs> Grubby, go yes, on. a bit grubby. Uh, 2012, everyone's favourite, Channing Tatum. Yes, thousand yeah. percent, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, 2011, this one I think might be. I, I'm interested because I think I, I know how this will go. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, okay. What year is this? 2011. Yeah, Bradley that's Cooper. Bradley Cooper in his prime. So yeah. No, had... no I don't fancy Bradley Cooper. I just don't get uh, it. Okay. That's fine. You don't have to change your answer. Don't no, worry. Fine. Do not worry. Do not let us peer pressure you into not fancy have Bradley you seen Cooper. The film Limitless. No, I haven't. No, is this I have like seen a? It. Is it a game changer for you in not terms really. of Bradley it's Cooper? Probably Bradley Cooper is prime. Oh, okay. He's. I like. I don't know. I'm sure he's very nice. The jury's eyes. out. I think we're stuck on yeah, that one. Okay, fine. Uh, 2010. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. No. Uh, well, okay, so <laughs> the thing is, I have exceedingly strong feelings regarding Ryan Reynolds, but he's, like, not... Is it because he's annoying? Yeah, but he's not, he's a handsome guy. What do you guy. think of Ryan Reynolds? He's a bit of a dickhead. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I have no feelings, strong feelings about Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. I think that might be the general consensus, actually. I dislike actually. him, but he's not... That people just don't care about Ryan Reynolds. But he's pretty handsome, so... Mm. See, I dislike him, but not in an active way. Oh, okay. okay. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to dislike him. I, I think I might do. I, I think find I'd him insufferable. hold up, like, a poster or start a petition or something. We've talked about this. I find him insufferable, but now he's best friend He's very Jungle, annoying. So I guess I'll have to become friends with him. But not sexy. No. Well, 2009, Johnny Depp. <laughs> but I'm trying to think. So we, we look even... back, and 2009, Johnny Depp, he's starting to get ugly at that point. So that's it's not, not like even... a good... We had a conversation the other day regarding... Johnny Depp's handsomeness. Yes. 
And I, that's that's not even him in his prime. That's no, not even personal- like- and we're putting personality and trash bagness aside. Yeah. Here. He was kind of hot up until like secret window and then I felt Fine. like he lost it. Yeah, no. So that's a no. I'd say that's a resounding no. 2009. 2009 Johnny Depp was not the sexiest man alive. No. <laughs> no. Way, way <laughs> past that. Really exist, 2008, it? Hugh Jackman, absolutely fine. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and 2007, <gasps> Matt Damon. <laughs> That's sure. how I feel. Has Matt Damon no. ever been sexy? Matt Damon has life? never been sexy. Do you? Yeah. What do you think? Matt Damon's not sexy. No, he's, like, he's I mean, like, he's not hideously ugly, but I also like. He's so bland. I feel like him. he's like a an eraser. Yeah, I mean, Goodwill Hunting is unfortunately one of my favorite films. Okay, so let's just ignore the entire. But you didn't want to bang him in Goodwill Hunting. No, he's just quite adorable in yeah. it, you know? But he's okay. not sexy, right? He's not no. sexy, he's cute. Yeah, the key word is sexy here. I feel um, like, yeah, this is the issue that I'm having with this list. Blake like, Shelton, though. He's not sexy. Who voted? Sorry, but looking at that list, and then going, and then Blake Shelton. Yeah, Channing, got David Beckham, all Chris the people, Hemsworth. All the people that are doing stuff at the moment in the world of popular entertainment, and they, and they picked Blake Shelton. Did someone at The Voice, like, pay them? I, I think there must be money involved. There must be. Gwen was like, oh, he's not really feeling that great if I'm He needs a career so bo- boost. Need Blake really... needs a career boost. Um, everyone thinks he's a racist and homophobe. Maybe if I give him <laughs> maybe his if new he's title. a sexy racist, then everyone will be fine <laughs> with sexy it. Sexy homophobe. Sexy homophobe. He's not even sexy. <laughs> no, he's he not. He looks like someone's dad. But he not does. In a good way. But not like dad bod. No, not like dad hot. No. Speaking of dad hot, though. Von has a tiny letter, which you should all oh, subscribe I've got the to. Oh, I list here. And she wrote her own list of sexiest men. Can we go through it? I yes. think we yes. should. Because I honestly, I'm not just saying this because you're in the room with this, but when I was going through it, I was like... The commentary is particularly like, good like, on it as well. yes. It's, the commentary is so good on it. Um, can, we, can I just bash you the list and then you can we can go back and you can expand on them? Yes. So your list was um, Colin Farrell, Manny Jacinto, John Boyega... Any of the Chrises. Any. Ezra Miller, Oscar Isaac, John Cho, Rami Malek, Sebastian Stan, Channing Tatum, Riz Ahmed, Tyler... I can't say his name. Hecklin. Hecklin. Is that how you say yeah, that? It's spelled, yeah, it's We're all learning Hecklin. something today. Tyler Hoffman. Um, Harrison Ford, Army Hammer, the entire cast of Thor Ragnarok. Literally, it's so on point. Yeah. I was like scrolling through going, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Growing more and more yes. excited. Yes. 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 Um, it's just, yeah. That's, and they're all appropriate. All appropriate. Yeah. No one's shitty. No. As far as we're aware, yet. yes. Yes. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But, you, but when you, yeah. Just, and all quite relevant. Yeah. Exceedingly relevant. This year. They were relevant this it year. Real, it was a real nice mix of people. That I was like, oh, yes. That's mm. exceedingly true. Yeah. There's just, lots of, just a lot of really sexy people that could have been sexiest person alive. Yeah. Just anyone. Sexiest man alive. Like and who were actually quite nice as well. Literally, so. That was my reaction. It wasn't like, oh, I guess I can understand why they've gone with him. It was like, no, literally anyone would have been better than Blake Shelton. Yeah. I think at Gwen, the end of this Gwen year. Gwen would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> sexiest man alive, Gwen Stefani. Ta- Taylor Swift's white bread boyfriend would have been sexier than this guy. Oh, oh yeah. That's controversial because, like, he's, Yeah. He's just the male Taylor Swift, but, like, more boring. He's, I don't know. He's just... I think at the end of this year, we need to do some sort of top tens of things. And we need to do, like, a top ten thirsty list. Oh, yeah. 100%. Of people from this year or just generally? Um, I think this year to keep it relevant. Okay. Because <laughs> if we do Lifetime, I'm so stuck. It would take us ten years to do yes. It's something we should have And then it's, like, on. contextual because you're like, well, I really fancy this person, like, in... 
2004. Yeah. But I don't fancy them now. Yeah, yeah true. There are definitely. That would have been it's, more interesting. It's just so complex. That's why Adam Levine is an interesting one for right. me, I think. Like, I quite like early Maroon 5. Yeah. Yes. Early Maroon 5. First album Maroon 5. And Although, have you seen. Harder and Harder to Breathe. Yes. Oh. <laughs> have you seen Begin Again? No. Yes. Oh. What is that? It's a film with Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo and Adam Levine's in it. I don't like two of those three film? people. No. Okay. No. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> want to kill that. Do you not like Mark Ruffalo? Oh, no, no. He's the one I like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you? No, it's Kira Knightley that I'm not keen no one, on. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone doesn't like Mark Ruffalo. Exactly. He's That's a dude. True. He's fine. But no. Well, anyway, Adam Levine is in that. Basically, play Adam Levine. Okay. But he's like, pretty, I don't know. <laughs> We'll He's check. We'll post. We'll check about on that. We'll Google that one specifically. Sure. But yeah. But, but generally, People Magazine are wrong. Anyone but Blake Shelton. Next in news, I feel like I didn't want to go into the shit list so early, but <laughs> sure. um, it just naturally lends itself so well, um, and also connects to the topic of sexy non-sexy men. It's a segue. Yes. Um, so this week, the first poster for Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald came out. Uh, the film itself will come out in a year's time, 16th of November. Um, the poster, it uh, featured Jude Law as a young Albus Dumbledore. Hold your thoughts for a second. Eddie Redmayne, Ezra Miller, Zoe Kravitz, who I completely spaced and it's obviously Lenny Kravitz's daughter, obviously, and is and, older and, than me. And it's Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz's daughter, so it's like two of the sexiest people made Zoe That's Kravitz. That's crazy. So. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> and everyone's favourite, Johnny Depp, who's still in Fantastic <laughs> Why? Beasts. Why? Why, 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 why? Thoughts? I, I rem- okay, so I remember when we saw, we have had a conversation about this earlier this week, and I remember when we went to see Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, so we happened to all see this together as well when Vaughn was last Li- in England. Literally this time last year. And I do remember when Johnny Depp appeared on screen, we were just like, God, There was like no. an audible, ugh. ugh. Um, why? Literally why? And he just seems easier. so badly timed as well. Grindelwald's supposed to be hot though isn't right? it like that's the point that's you the had point. colin farrell just bring him back no one will ask questions see i said to you this week that i also i just think about colin farrell in that movie so often with the scarf mm. and the haircut <laughs> we watched it again this week because oh, wes hasn't you? seen yeah. it um he enjoyed it either, so much by the way he was like making audible noises and reactions and things so he loved it um colin farrell's so gorgeous in that he's, oh isn't he he's so good he's the best thing in that movie yeah he's he so is good in it. because the other thing is eddie redmayne i'm not so into eddie redmayne just a, okay. eddie redmayne no he's just an ironing a, board yeah he really <laughs> is boring he so is <laughs> But why would you have Johnny Depp? It just seems so badly timed. Given just, the current climate, why would you have him back? I just remember the deep sadness I felt when Colin Farrell became Johnny Depp. Oh, You're it was, like, it was like the oh. biggest anticlimax. What was well, Wes I'm saying? I'm now out on this franchise. Wes was saying yesterday that it was like, if there was a soundtrack backing to it, it would have been like the equivalent of a fart noise. <laughs> like, they, he changes to Johnny Depp and it just goes... <laughs> like... <laughs> just... Yeah, like we just really, yeah, failed some form of test. There was a massive backlash at the time. Yeah. Right? Everyone was like, why have you cast Johnny Depp? Yeah. And then you thought. And then they had a year to get that right. (laughs) To like recast him because no one would have cared. Literally, no one cares. You wouldn't have even needed, like, I didn't even need an explanation. You could just put anyone in there and I go, cool, fine. Yeah, this is the guy now. Right. No, you don't need to like thread the story together in any way. Just replace him. Just, I don't Johnny know. Depp was in the last film for like five seconds. No one cares. I think I just forgot as well, like actually seeing it on screen. You know, I just remember it happening, but then being like, well, I don't actually remember having any attachment to it apart from like 
horror. On uh, a related note, a quick sidebar, uh, Johnny Depp, have you seen Marilyn Manson's new video that we watched last night? Oh my God. So we'll have to link to it online because it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. So the... The saddest friendship of all time is Marilyn Manson and Johnny Depp. Basically, Marilyn Manson has no other friends, so his is Johnny (laughs) Depp. And Johnny Depp is the same. They are in this new music video together where they are essentially having an orgy together with some girls. And it is disgusting. Um, no, no, for the first half of the film, uh, the video, he's just watching them have Oh, yeah, he's, Johnny Depp, in his bloated way, is just sitting there ogling these two girls who are clearly having a great time together. <laughs> and it's almost like they're kind of like, no, Johnny, don't. <laughs> he's like, can I come in? And they're like, no, we're having a great time, which must be the story of Johnny Depp's life. Just... Like, women having a great time together, and they're like, and Johnny Depp appears, and they're like, oh, Johnny's here. You know, um, you know when I, I saw Ryan Adams, uh, what year is 2017? The last time I saw Oh my God, Johnny Depp came out. In 2014, out. and Johnny Depp came out on stage. Because apparently he pay, plays on one of the songs on Ryan Adams' self-titled album, which came out that year. And it was like, honestly, like, you know when you see, like, kids playing guitar when they're not really playing it yeah. or in a film where someone's pretending to play the guitar they probably didn't plug it in he literally had it like so low down <laughs> like let just, johnny have a go on his yeah. guitar let johnny everyone. play the guitar let, like, Brian, let, let johnny have, have a go, go. <laughs> yeah that's essentially what it is you have to watch this video it's so disgusting um, i did like at the end of the um the poster for fantastic beast that he's he has joined up his position at the end so you can crop him out yeah yeah it's really quite easy to just yeah. So maybe, maybe that, that was like the compromise. Maybe that was on purpose. He also <laughs> looks like as well like a child's drawing of Jack Frost. Yeah, he does. What did you say he looked like? A drained highlighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he really does. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, the common consensus is across the entire internet. It's just why would you do that? It's just an amazingly bad choice. Oh. I was so, really hoping that they would, like you say, they would have had a year to sort their shit out. I think they've really done some damage, um, especially well, in terms of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter uh, universe it just makes me not being wanna... such an important space for people. I'd already been like very, like with regards to Fantastic Beasts, I'd already had like a little bit of like, oh, do we need that many films? But I definitely warmed to the idea of it. And then films, like, yeah. oh no, Shiny Depp, no, this is going to be stressful. Yeah, so. Any other thoughts on the poster itself? Um... Can I ask what you guys think of Jude Law? Because I feel like your answer is just going to be different to mine. Um, I am not into Jude Law in the slightest. No. I, no. Why? I just don't get it. I am really into Jude Law. You're really into Jude Law? Yeah, do you not? No. Do you not? Okay, so my, I've quite, I've always quite liked Jude Law and I think it's his smugness. Yeah. Maybe that's what puts me off. He looks like an arrogant. Yeah, I'm like, fuck off you dweeb. Have you seen the film Closer? Yes. yes. That's what I imagine in my head that Jude Law's like in real life. I yes. just think he's like Alfie all the time. Well, yeah, that too. Probably. Mm. I'm yeah. not into it. And I don't I don't really know why. So I'm really sorry about that. The thing but... is as well with Jude Law is that if someone asked me to like say like, what's your favourite Jude Law film? I would go like, I literally have no idea. Jude Law's been in a film. I don't know. Yeah. Mr. Ripley? <laughs> yes. He's in a lot of movies that <laughs> I don't care but yeah, I have in... a lot of feelings about Jude Law yeah that's really me interesting too. yeah like that's what I mean I'd probably be like I guess as a talented Mr Ripley if you're going to be thinking about actual good films he's been in but apart yeah. from that I, I don't think I've ever been interested in Jude Law I do just think that he's probably exceptionally arrogant and just quite horrible yeah like just a bit rude but that's yeah but I'm thing. weirdly into that yeah, like that is too. part of his appeal mm-hmm. well that and that should work with me I love arrogant people <laughs> I did I did think in this when I glanced at the 
the picture itself on Twitter, so it was really small. I did think it was um, Ewan McGregor. So there we did go. you? So I was See, like, I would have preferred because I'd that. forgotten that Jude Law was in it. Yeah. And then I was looking through, being like, oh yeah, look, Zoe Kravitz, oh Ezra Miller, yeah, it's just like that. a lovely lineup of like, beautiful Is that people. Ewan McGregor. No, it's Jude Law, but that's fine. A lineup of beautiful people with Johnny Depp on the end. Because that's why it's good. You can cut him out. Yeah, it's great, yeah. but. It's like when you have to cut a shitty person out of a picture. At least they're on the end, yeah, right? It's awful when they're the in the end. middle. It is. There's just a thing that I wanted to talk about, which isn't on this list, but it is adjacent to the sexiest people list because um, it's about Chris. Um, Chris Evans and Jenny Slate might be back together. Oh, yes. I forgot about this. And I, was, I just, when we were talking about the Chris's and them being sexy, I just was thinking about how... There's this, a hint there, right? There was, was a, like a loaded tweet that had very... So she had tweeted... Oh, I think the video was first. He posted a picture of his dog, Dodger. I think his dog's called Dodger. And um, he has a lion cuddly toy. And when you press its paw, it plays a song. Um, And there's a video. And the dog was kept howling along, keeps singing along with it. So there's a video that Chris Evans posted of Dodger with this toy. He presses a paw and he's howling. Mm. Um, And then you can hear someone laughing in the background. And the person that is laughing is clearly Jenny Slate. (laughs) I love how clearly, yeah. I love how people are so knowledgeable laugh. about this yep. that yeah, people can like the world can tell instantly. And she's got a distinctive laugh. Yeah. yeah, she has, and I think you can hear her talking as well. And then she posted a tweet a couple of days later where she was talking about how her boyfriend is just dreamy, and one of the dreamiest things is that he supports her purchasing of turtlenecks and her general online shopping, which I feel like Chris Evans would. Yeah, there was uh, um. Do. In the various things I've read about it, it just says about how, like, oh, but would Chris Evans upload a video that he, without, you know, maybe he did it on accident. What? Or maybe he, like, uploaded it and didn't realise that, like, oh, you can hear her in the background. Maybe he knew the world needed to believe in love again. Right. I don't think he's that, like, Like. planned out. (laughs) I'm just really glad they're back together yeah, because I, I love them. We need, we need something. We need to, something good. Yeah. I was so upset when something they Something to up. lift us. I was so sad when they split and I just feel like this is what People 2000- can get back together, you know, Justin and Selena. They just found each other again. It's 2017. They just realised Maybe 2018 will be the year of love. Maybe. We hope so. Um, but I just thought we'd like nicely segue from something really lovely into something massively horrible. <laughs> um, just two. Well, there are many new additions to the shit the list. The shit list. The shit list. There are many new additions to the shit list this week, but we thought we'd just focus on two in particular. We'd be here for four hours if yeah. we were going through all of them. We are on a tight time scale today, so um, we'll just focus on two in particular. Yes. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's just. It's not surprising in the slightest. Again, it's. Uh, I feel like it's an open secret. That he's a bit of a trash bag. Um, yeah. But it's still just horrendous and disappointing. Well, this sort of, I think, came out just after we recorded the last yeah, episode. Or the allegations that were made it's against It's slightly him. older news. But but over the last few weeks, more and more things have come out about um, Kevin Spacey's behaviour on just historically and on the sets of various films and in particular House of Cards. Um, that's now doesn't exist. Yeah, so House of Cards is donezo. Um Ridley Scott has reshot all of Kevin Spacey's scenes for All the Money in the World, which is due out in like a month. So yeah. it's mad that they've managed to squeeze that in. But a really thing good. that I forgot as well is that like if anyone's going to do it, Ridley Scott is probably the one of the best people to do it because I forgot that when he was filming Gladiator, Oliver uh-huh. Reed died. Oh, and they had to like digitally reinsert Re- yeah. him into various things. So he's obviously got experience. Of he doing just it. he's like it's cool, man. I've been here before. Yeah, it's, it's all fine. good. We can we'll cut this guy out. Um, I guess the most. Sorry. 
I was like, it's really great that they did this, but I also think that those rumors were there and there was probably stuff happening on the set. Yeah, and which that I think guy's like, he still got hired. He still made the movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, now we're all talking about it. We should probably climb out. Which seems to be the case with like most of these things is that well, thing, everyone's taking appropriate re- like action now, but it's like you probably knew about it the whole time. The thing time. with House of Cards as well is that I think that they were announcing that the last season was going the the season that will be upcoming yeah. would have been the last, the last season, season anyway. anyway. Yeah, but they had announced that like production had shut down when all these allegations came out, and then it was announced that he wouldn't be doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So they were going to have to like go back to the beginning and mm-hmm. like rewrite. So it basically, just means that like. Which I think is quite funny that yeah. there'll be no like end for Frank Underwood in the no. sense that like he'll get to on screen die, which yeah. would have been like exceedingly satisfying. Yeah. Um. But they'll just it will just be like the start of the season. Will be like, oh yeah, by the way, Frank died. So yeah. Or like Frank. That is present. quite satisfying in itself, though. <laughs> in a way, finally like, given Robin it's gonna Wright. Be, yeah. It's going to be acknowledged a little bit that he died, but you know we don't really care. Let's so just Robin make Robin Wright, Wright make, make Robin Wright president. I mean, that, I, I think would that's why people that show. Right, I, I think that's people why people watch House of Cards anyway. Isn't I think it? I definitely would have watched it if it was just Claire Underwood. <laughs> yes, if he died in like the first season, I'd be like, okay. Oh yeah, fine. Yeah, really fine. Like an OC But that's another thing where like there's been all these allegations that have come out on the from the set of. Yeah. Um, so surely that was a thing before and he still had a job. Didn't he get some sort of, uh, he, didn't he get some sort of training on the House of Cards set? Like some behavioural training? Because it had been, I did read this, that obviously, you know, people have come out and said on the set that they had problems with Kevin Spacey during House of Cards. And they actually, he had some sort of therapy slash training that well, was like, yeah, that the studio actually made him have because well, think, of his behaviour. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with with Kevin Spacey, which has been in, incredibly interesting, is that it's not just his behaviour on set with general members of, mm. like, cast and crew and everything, but it's also just that some of the allegations are, like, very, like, underage boys. Yeah. So it's just these two really, yeah. like, hideous things Sides that to him, yeah. So it began with Anthony Rapp, um, who said that, Kevin Spacey came onto him when he was 14 and then the most recent update uh, I guess from like yesterday the day before is that the old Vic in London uh, has said it has received 20 personal testimonies of alleged inappropriate behaviour by Kevin Spacey um, who was he was the artistic director between 2004 and 2015 well that, that was one of the things that we thought was quite interesting wasn't it because as soon as these all these allegations came out Old Vic was the one of the first Everyone, things that we yeah. kept talking about. Was like, oh, I wonder if they'll definitely they'll say anything. And they took a very, very long time to come around and say anything. But that's been an open like it's bullshit if they say they didn't know anything about really about anything either. Because I've heard of stuff like I know someone who used to like as a child, like as a teenager, was at the Old Vic, mm-hmm. and he said like when we were at uni that Kevin Spacey was like known as someone who would like particularly attach himself and take interest in the young male actors just also so one thing with regards thing. to this whole kevin spacey thing which we haven't even mentioned is the, the fact that when the first allegations came out he used it as an opportunity to oh basically my God. like come out of the closet as if that was an excuse yes yeah. would you like to address this uh, yeah no that was just super grand of him yeah like just throw the entire lgbtq community under the bus yeah that is essentially what like, happened. It, it's always like, you know, I know we keep using the term open secret, but like Kevin Spacey's sexuality has always been oh something that's been talked Everyone about. Oh my God, everyone knows Kevin Spacey's gay. He's had, very, he's had public relationships with women, but then there has this, been this general kind of, oh no, he has also had relationships with men, but he's never There's always that. been an understanding. He's always, he's always been quite 
quiet about his private life as well and doesn't want to talk about it. But yeah. it's like, why would you use this as an opportunity? It's the to dumbest sort of, move. Because the only the only way that it reads is that it's like an excuse, and it's like these the two things aren't connected, dude. Absolutely like, no connection whatsoever. It's it's hor- It was horrifying when I saw that. I was like, that is really because there is obviously the. Uh, the kind of assumption that yeah. you know gay men are predators yes yeah it doesn't help that horrific stereotype that yeah. some no it's something that have. like the entire community has to so consistently fight against yeah like thanks this, for bringing that to the forefront it's this really dated again. horrible notion that like oh if you're gay then also like you must have an interest in young boys yes you're morally yeah. dubious you're morally because there was a really interesting article i think in out about how um like no one had published any of this, like the stuff about Kevin Spacey, the allegations about him, because they didn't want to out him. Yeah. So there was that kind of like added extra of like you, it's not outing him as a sexual predator, but you're also adding him as gay, which I think is a problem. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I again, I don't see the two as connected. I just don't see the two as connected, which is why it's really strange that he would use the allegations as an opportunity was... to kind of be like, oh, by the way, everyone, I, I am actually living as a gay man. And that was the headline, wasn't it? For yeah. a lot of it, like the allegations were like came further down in the articles that were published, but the headline was like Kevin Spacey comes out of as gay in statement. Just baffling. So, so baffling. And this is all very ongoing (coughs) as well. There have been many other people who have had allegations um, made against them over the last few weeks. Um, Just another one that uh, we will touch on just because I think it's particularly relevant to um, things that we've been involved in growing up and musical interests. So there was a a Facebook post um, about, was posted by um, someone who is a tech, was a, I think he's a guitar tech. Um, basically drawing attention to the fact that while everyone's banding these um, accusations around about musicians, does anyone want to talk specifically about Jesse Lacey? <laughs> Shall we acknowledge Jesse and Lacey? Yes, people then went on to post their own experiences. There was one person in particular, and then there, I think there were a couple of others, um, basically saying that uh, Jesse Lacey, um, when they were 15, I think, and mm. he was 24. Yeah, I think she was like 14, 15, he was 25, I think. Um, they He asked, he solicited... Um, naked pictures from her and then just engaged in general masturbated on camera to her not cool behavior um i know it's just so disgusting (laughs) you know and then this was then picked up by the wider press um Mm -hmm. other people came out and have made allegations the knock-on effect from this has been that jesse lacy posted a very jesse lacy statement oh my god again like who is managing these statements they're so shit um the other one obviously that has happened this week or over the last few weeks has been louis ck as well mm-hmm. has been unearthed has been <coughs> a general reprobate which again was an open secret yeah um the two things that i thought were interesting between the jesse lacy statement and also the louis ck statement is that at no point did they say sorry to the victims yeah no sorries there's no there's the, the their entire rhetoric of the statements was just like, yes, I know, like, I've had really personal I am a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. There's no, there's no ownership. You're only doing this because you got caught. I mean, I think the thing is that until very, like, until this year, that those statements would have worked. Mm. Yeah. Like, it would have. It's depressing, isn't it? You know, there would have been an article about how they did this thing and then they apologised and then they went to rehab for a week and and then then everyone was fine And then they would have, like, done a rebrand and, like... Yeah, I am. I have been quite pleased with how everyone has just been. That's the one. I mean, that is the one good. I guess the one good thing about 2017 is like the year where this isn't, you know, this isn't deemed acceptable anymore. However, um, 
when you look at like say the reactions to Harvey Weinstein to Kevin Spacey to Louis C.K. and then you see the reactions to Jesse Lacey. Oh my god, I love It is my a firm 50 50 as to whether people go, This is disgusting, fuck you, and well, he's only human. The thing with Louis C.K. was the fact that, like, the amount of times over the last fucking decade or so where I've personally said, like, I don't think Louis C.K. is funny and I have issues with his comedy for xyz reason Mm -hmm. and the amount of times that I was told by men oh no 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 you just just don't don't get get it it. you just don't get it you're a girl well I don't don't get get that he's just talking about what a fucking misogynist and abuser that he is in his comedy yeah yeah he's basically telling everyone that yeah he, he likes he's just outing himself <laughs> oh i'm just talking about it i mean the thing uh, the and then so that pissed me off and then just the amount of apologists regarding <coughs> jesse lacy because and the silence because right? brand new has been this untouchable band and the deafening silence from people in just punk hardcore the, those music scenes yeah. i mean as someone that grew up going to those shows and had just several years to go a reached a tolerance with them anyway and reached a tolerance with being like i can't listen to this music anymore like i mean depressingly i wasn't surprised yeah the reaction has been so tepid it's just to been it, really like, like everyone's horrified but no one's actually like vocalizing how not horrified calling... they are it's like everyone's secretly selling their tickets to brand new and they don't want to talk about it you're not calling people out because you've got people in your ranks that yeah. have done the same and we had von and i had a conversation about this the other day about how i think it's it's a big problem in music generally so yeah. hollywood is kind of getting its shit together now but music it just doesn't like I, I would have anticipated after this Jesse Lacey thing, you would have had the same snowball effect as in lots of other musicians that we all know about mm. would have been outed by now and they haven't. No. And it just won't, it just doesn't happen in the same way. It's also just kind of accepted that men sleep with underage girls. And yeah, especially in rock music, yeah. right? Like, oh, we've done it historically. Oh, this is just a thing. Well, yeah, like Hyde's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, like, yeah, Jimmy Page, great. Like, we, like, this is just a like, thing. They were into it. Yeah. yeah. They were too rude. They're underage, mate. They're not into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They don't know if they're into it or not. There were a couple of really interesting pieces that I read um, just on the Jesse Lacey front. Um, there was one by Sophie Benjamin, um, which is called How Mid- Mid-2000s Emo Groomed Underage Girls. Um, oh, is this the one poise, that you sent um, me? This is a really boys. good article. Yeah. So um, interestingly with this, I think she said that like no major news outlets were willing to pick it up. So she just, really? Yeah, she just posted it on Medium, so we'll definitely share it. Um, See, there's something in this, isn't mm, there? Well, there? I mean, I've got a couple of quotes from some things. So this is from um, Sophie's piece. It's, uh, Jesse Lacey's legacy will be modelling behaviour to a generation of teenage boys that it is okay to treat women with contempt. If you're in a band, it's even more okay because you're a tortured artist and the pain and suffering of these women is really the service of art. Right. As a man in a band, you are entitled to the bodies and minds and trust of these girls. It's your due. It's like groupies, but less almost famous and more creepy. Um... That's so true. There was a piece that was published on Ricky Mag, um, which Sophie actually cites in her piece as well by Jessica Hopper. Jessica post um, published a book this year called The First Collection of Criticism by a living female rock critic. What's interesting about the piece that um, appeared on Ricky, Jessica's piece, is that she actually wrote it in 2003. Wow. And it appeared in, I think, some other publications but it's in this collection, which is why it's suddenly gained traction. And she'd actually tweeted, um, I seen this morning, that she's glad that it's been picked up by people. But it's insane. That's that it's taken. Yeah. It's taken fourteen like, years. Fourteen years for so, people to go. 
Oh yeah, this is a thing. So um, this is just an extract which I thought was quite interesting, especially from my point of view, having grown incredibly disenfranchised with yeah. the music scene as a whole of myself. So when I was reading, I was like, oh, that's exactly how I feel. So it's um, it's no wonder why my girlfriends and I have grown increasingly alienated and distanced from the scene or have begun taking shelter from Emo's pervasive stronghold in the recesses of electronic DJ or experimental music. No wonder girls I know are feeling dismissive and faithless towards music. No wonder I feel... No wonder I feel more allegiance to MOP's anti-up than any song by an all-dude band about the singer's romantic holocaust. Because as it stands, in 2003, I simply cannot substantiate the effort it takes to give a flying fuck about the genre slash plague that we know as emo songs that don't consider the world beyond boy bodies and their broken hearts or their vans. So I read it and I was so, like, wow. And that's from 2003? Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, I think we... I mean, we will... T- this is going to come up again later when we talk um about harry styles and some of our experiences uh, at that show so i won't go into it too much now but um yeah it's the the idea of punk music rock music you know whatever music uh as like a safe space is just such a fucking construct it's just unreal and it's just not something that anyone wants to talk about like no i just don't see many of like barely anyone I know has like visibly reacted to any of this no and it's been really interesting because like I was like so much of my musical trajectory is rooted in all of those bands that yeah. came out of Long Island <coughs> at the same time as Brown News so <coughs> taking that Sunday glass jaw all of that shit like I absolutely adored it it was so Im- like I, that was just built into my personality like that was just everything everything I love and the older I've gotten the more I've gone back and listened to that and all of that pop punk and just been like do you know what like this all of this music comes from a place of being really really fucking pissed off at girls Mm. for whatever reason and you it's this weird conflict between like you you want us there because we're your fan base but you couldn't give less of a shit about us yeah yeah they just like i mean you go back and you listen to them and it's like you really hate girls yeah like hate you hate them yeah. I mean, there are, there are complete exceptions to the rule, and I do understand that, and there are bands that I will go back and listen to from that period of time, and you can kind of go like, oh, actually, that is set apart from mm. so much of that female-centred hatred, mm. like, shit. But, like, 90% of, like, it's, there, there's one sort of brand new song, actually, that keeps coming oh, up in yeah. all of this, um, all of the stuff around Jessie Lacey. It's a me versus Maradona. Maradona, yeah. Um, which is a song which is basically about date rape. Yeah, and Jesse Lacey's always said that he wrote it from a point of view of it, of it being like it wasn't him. It was like you know, oh, this what is my a commentary demons. on yeah, yeah, and it's just like no, it's so gross to go back now and know what you were doing. Yeah, when well, there is this assumption, of... isn't there, that it is a, you know that kind of music is um, safe for women because the fan base has so many women in it. But it's as you said, they don't give a shit about those women. Like just because there's a lot of girls there. It's you not like, actually. You like female. You like the female attention, but you. It's completely disposable, though. It's isn't so it? disposable. And I think it, it also like I mean, growing up with that, you kind of hate yourself a bit. Yeah. Because it, you get it ingrained in you. You think that's how? I mean, there's another. You spend thing. so much time craving their attention yeah. as well. There's don't a, you? just another thing that I'd um there's was an article by Jen Pelly um on Pitchfork. Um, I think it, it either came out yesterday or the day before. It's called Un- Unraveling the Sexism of Emo's Third Wave. Third Wave being like 
Taking Back Sunday, brand yeah. new, like that kind of last era where those bands were mm. super successful. Um, just just a passage here. It says, reading the graphic testimonies of the women who have come forward, I recalled the male arrogance, condescension and entitlement that always seemed to hang in the air at third wave emo shows on Long Island. I experienced this subtlety and unsubtlety, ver- verbally and physically. Men constantly treated me like I was there primarily to meet them. In fact, I did not care much about boys at this point in my life. For for a time, the subtle cruelties were something that I accepted, a mere consequence of the life-changing experience of having adventures. Third wave, third wave emo, bubblegum emo, needed its female fans, as evidenced by the swathes of girls who screamed this music back, who took photos, who muscled against stage to get stages to get as close as possible without being crushed, but the scene did not really want us. I have very similar experiences mm. of being involved in hardcore yeah, and always being... Um, put in a position where the general assumption that if you're at a show was basically to meet boys. Yeah. Like, you're obviously there to be seen by the guys that yeah. are there. Yeah. So my entire... I started going to hardcore shows probably around 2005, 2006. Mm. From about 2006 onwards, I had a boyfriend. Mm. So for me, it just... Literally like, wasn't on it your radar. Have, it w- just wouldn't... Like, ugh. Ugh, I just read all of this shit I've been reading has just been like, yeah, I've experienced that show so often. Mm. Like, oh, you're a girl, so you just, you're only here because you fancy the band. To be seen, yeah. You're here to be seen, you're here because you're on the lookout for a boyfriend because you want to be cool. Not because you like the music like every other fucking person in this room. Yeah, probably more so than a lot of the fucking dudes. that kind of judgement about, like, guys judging you for liking a particular kind of music, but then they like that music. Right, yeah. So it's okay for me, but it's not okay for you. Yeah, so you're here because you clearly like the band, and I'm here because I like the band, but in your opinion, I can't be here because I like the band, because there must be another reason. Yeah. Because you can't accept that... But you're also, also actively like seeking women who also like the same music as you, yeah. because so they're Yeah, so it's cool. this weird... We just can't oh. get it right. We just can't get it right. Yeah. I mean, I think we could probably talk about this forever, but, um, yeah, I think just to summarise that there's still I, I i just think there's such a fucking long way to go with music like just, we're just not even at the point i think that you're Hollywood's completely at. right that there's such a disparity between the general reaction regarding everything that's happening in hollywood at the moment yeah. and then things like this where our musicians um are unearthed as being just as bad because yeah. there's like sorry there's a deafening silence on the music <coughs> side of there things really whereas is. everyone's so vocal about Weinstein, Spacey, mm. etc., etc., which is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's just yeah, there's level. People have levels of acceptance, yeah, right, of trash bagness, yeah. You know, um, and music is like yeah, that's fine. See, I, the idea that girls put themselves in that position by going to gigs yeah. or by trying to meet bands yeah. or by wanting to get close to these people that they actually are really connected to because they love the music, yeah. Um, and then being used by them in really horrible ways. It's just... Maybe that's what it's more it's about then. It's because terrifying. I think you end up... Do, you do have more of a closer relationship to music than you do to anyone. I mean, I... You know, yeah, there, are people that, what, yeah. there are people that in Hollywood and films and TV and everything who I absolutely adore and, like, think are great. But, you know, that's a case of watching something mm. they're in or, like, seeing a picture. There's no music as This is why I think people uh, aren't speaking out about it as much because... You know, it's not just like an actor you love, as you say, like when you're into a specific type of music, it so becomes a part of your entire identity. Mm -hmm. And it like like a lot of your morals and your beliefs are shaped out of 
you know, the shows that you go to and the subculture that you're in. I think so pe- So many people are built, like so much of their background is built up from the music that they were, like are into that to find out that that's shitty in any way, they just can't deal with it. I think there's just like a physical cl- like closer proximity to yeah. it. And there's also the fact that you it's harder to separate the person from their art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with a movie, you're like, oh, they're just playing a character. Yeah, that's like, true. There's all these different people. Whereas like when you've got a musician, then they're writing songs and yeah. they're writing from usually from a personal place. Yeah. So you can't really so disconnect them. There's the, more of a constant, isn't there? You can't really disconnect songs that you love that means something to the world to you. And with then the you person. listen to them and you go, hang on, this person is probably saying something really horrific about yeah. stuff that... That's why actually, it, yeah, when like something like this does happen, happen it's harder to put music away and be like i can't like it's harder to be like oh i, I, I still enjoy the music even if they're a shitty person mm-hmm. whereas i think it is a little it is easier with movies and stuff you kind of go oh they're a shitty person but they were you know like a good actor in this film or whatever but it's really hard with music like i wouldn't be able to you know the young people who are like i still really love lost prophets music and it means a lot to me despite ian watkins like i couldn't do it because they are so closely connected yeah i couldn't physically do it it's so much easier to like watch a film that well i mean we were talking about baby driver weren't we about how mm. um, kevin space is and baby driver and baby driver is unfortunately one of my favorite films yeah, in this right? year but i feel like you could watch it again he's in it but if i watch it again that's fine because yeah. i'm not going to have to encounter it again and then if i never watch it again that's fine yeah because i don't have there's not a close enough no, attachment to it like no. i really like it but at the same time i can go like yep yeah, i've enjoyed it fine yeah that's i could probably watch it again and just I don't I just know. Think, I just think it's, it's easier easy to, to just ignore. Just, yeah, yeah, but I think music, that, like you say, Vaughn, there's that. There's, you know, you have so to much written into it. You evaluate everything. You that they, like you yeah. listen to the song and then you're like, I didn't think that this song was about something bad. Yeah, but it, you, it yeah, is. the meaning well, changes. That's, yeah. that's well. the thing with brand new is that when I've gone back and I've listened to songs since. Mm. Um, just from a completely exploratory point of view, and mm. I've been like, oh fuck, that gives it such a new light on it. You know, like. Mm. Let's just hope going forward that at some point we're going to be having the same kind of conversations about music that we are having about Hollywood right now because, yeah, they're ahead of the game. And we never thought that would happen. (laughs) But, yeah. I think we just need to get to the point where people stop saying, yes, but this has always happened in music. Yes. No, that's not an excuse. Right. Yeah, just because yeah. it's always happened, and that's what mean it is. Right. Like historically, rock music in particular is like, well, you know, if you're going to criticize these people, you need to criticize like the people in the sixties. It's like, yeah, I am. Like yeah, people have been, yeah. but no one cared. <laughs> On to more positive things. Yes. Um, let's talk about what we've been enjoying over the past few weeks. Cool. Um, let's begin with music, and of course, uh, Reputation by Taylor Swift dropped uh last week yeah it was last friday last friday so just over a week ago um we've been waiting for this for quite a long time um we've had uh, a few kind of pre-releases and singles so began with uh look what you made me do and we've had ready for it gorgeous uh and there's one more what was the other one uh call it what you want call it what you want sure so um we've been listening to those on rotation getting ready for this album um it has come out it has not hit streaming services yet so if you're not willing to go out and buy a t swift album which for disclosure we're not i haven't (laughs) no neither have i but von was very good and did so we have had a bit of a listen to it um april hasn't heard it all the way through yet but you've heard some highlights we've played you some highlights and lowlights we had our own 
2000s listening party. Yeah, we did. Pajama party, Pajama um, party. to listen to some bits oh, and pieces. That's so the kind of listening party that Taylor would do would be like right. a pajama party. A pajama party where like, all the girls go. Oh my God, that would be horrifying. Right. Imagine having to listen to this album for the first time with Taylor Swift. And you'd have to, for everything, you'd have to be like, oh my God, this is so good. Do you know what she would be doing? She'd be doing this arm gesture. Oh my God. She really would. Yeah. Like a swinging. Like a, yeah. yeah. And everyone would yeah, have to swing. like pat her on the back Look, and be I, like, this is the best. I like her daggy dancing. That is like probably the least problematic aspect of Taylor <laughs> Swift. Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm ha- <laughs> but I just like, you, imagine trying to keep a straight face. Yeah. When some of those songs happen. Like yeah. when Ed Sheeran starts rapping and you're like, oh, no, no wait, this is this is a thing. Ban Ed Sheeran from Ban everything. Ban Ed Sheeran from everything. We're not here the for Ed Sheeran, I'm afraid. The only thing that Ed Sheeran has ever done is like some One Direction songs. Yes, that is that's true. It. That is completely true. That's it. Um, the general, uh, the critical consensus of reputation has been very positive. I just assume she's paying people off at this point. Um, but I'd say... Um, I mean, Vaughn's probably the best person to sort of give an overall impression. I'd say to begin with, you first this and you weren't very positive at all, but it's grown on you. Yeah, like I've, I've done like a, a 180 on it. Like the, the first time I heard it, like I messaged you guys straight away and yeah. was like, I hate this. That yeah. was great. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever heard. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that like the first few songs are pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and it gets better as it goes along. Mm. And it's it's a grower, right? So there's some songs on there that I genuinely love now. And yeah. I'm like, yes, this is really good and I enjoy this. Uh, I do not think that it deserves to have a better rating than Red or yeah, I mean, No, it's definitely not her best record. My question to you was going to be, how do you think that your immediate reaction to Reputation compared in into compared in comparison great sentence compared to her other albums so like 1989 and red and then it's such a departure to begin with right because the only because for me like the first taylor swift actual album drop i was really present for was red yeah previous to that i just like knew who taylor swift was like some songs but Mm -hmm. wasn't like like that much of a fan Mm -hmm. but like red was the turning point for me um, I think it was for most people. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, so how did your reactions to Reputation compare into... Well, I loved all of the... Like, I mean, when I first heard Red, I was like, yes. I'm like sitting in like like, my bedroom crying about the moment we... I knew, you know, yeah. like, oh my god, she's in a party dress and she's sad and yeah, you and all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, it's very identifiable. Uh, you know, and, right? and you know. feel that. And 1989, I loved when I first so listened to good. it. I just listened to it on repeat for yeah. about three weeks. Yeah, it's just a natural, and it, it was a natural kind of compliment to Red as well. I think yeah. like sort of a progression in some ways, but. But I think, I mean, first listen to Reputation, it just struck me how different it is. But not just in a like, ooh, Taylor's back and she's gone like bad. It was like, like, what are you trying to be? This isn't Taylor Swift at all. She's just like... Steph, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Because she's... She's dead. dead. She's dead. She's dead. Look, old Taylor came back to the phone um, for (laughs) New Year's Day. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a few... There's... There's a few tracks um, that I think are immediately recognisable as Taylor Swift tracks mm-hmm. and are good. Mm-hmm. And I think Jack Antonoff is probably attached to most of those tracks. Yes. So, um, uh, I, have, is, yeah. I have Jack Antonoff bias. So. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. But he, he's genuinely proved, you know, with this, if you compare it he did to the Max Martin tracks. Do, right, which I am... <laughs> Still you haven't like. forgiven him for so Von's not as keen on like what I you mean, make you make me do. I mean, it's got a right said Fred I mean, it gets points for that. <laughs> yeah, but... right? Absolutely. The plus. Um, this is why we can't have nice things. I think is a banger. 
Um, so that's like the most it is, Swift title. It, yeah, it's, that's the thing. And it, I think it's because it reminds you so much of... We didn't get to the part, but at the end of this, like, right at the end of the song, she, like, stops and does, like, an evil laugh. And oh, she does. It's, it's a bit cringe, but it is oh, good. she's so strange. But it's very Taylor Swift, it's right? Like, it sounds like, it's yeah. It's quite enjoyable in the way that, like, when you heard the old Taylor can't get to the phone, like, that was yeah. ridiculous. Whereas yeah. the, like, this is why you kind of... Well, like, this is, is yeah. so Disney. We're never getting back together. It's, sort of it's like feels, that level of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I really like Don't Blame Me. You haven't... April hasn't heard that yet, but I really like that song. Um, except I wish she'd stop calling her boyfriend her baby because it's creepy. Oh, does she? Oh, yeah. That's not nice. Um, and Getaway Car, which is pretty much like a first listen, like straight up banger. Yeah, that was one you played me, right? Um, yes. Endgame. Is Endgame the opening track? Yeah. Yes. No, no, it's the second. Ready for it is opening track. Oh, okay. So Endgame's the future song? Yeah. Yes. Why? Endgame is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Endgame has future and Ed Sheeran in it. Um, and you could just listen... As you said, you just go and listen to Future. I just think that there's no... A thing that I don't need from Taylor Swift is for her to be musically innovative in the sense that, like, Taylor, you just definitely need to do a crossover song with someone from the hip-hop world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not necessary. And also for me, it's, like, so specific as well. Like, selecting Future to be on one of your songs is such a specific, like, road within, like, the, the... overarching umbrella term of hip-hop it's just like so that's like a very thing particular thing that you are trying yeah. to do but you just don't it's deliberate it doesn't do. come naturally no. does it um at all um so there's that song there's also i did something bad which is like 50 percent good and then lets itself down with uh gunshot noises i just don't understand what this bad girl narrative <laughs> this is this was going to be my questions like we don't buy that taylor swift is bad so I, at all I, right I, I, do we buy that she's a bad girl i understand that it's must be part of this wider narrative where she's trying to like own the snake moniker yes oh yeah so there was the performance that she did on snl where she had the snake had microphone. the snake microphone. fair play but it's like this weird this weird desire to to sort of like well <coughs> i'm the bad girl so that you know Kanye and Kim have pointed out that I'm a shitty person, so I'm going to own it. It's just like, you don't need to do it. Yeah, no one buys it. There's... Like, it's just not what I want from Taylor Swift. It's not what no, I want. No, it's not what we want, so she doesn't need Taylor to do Swift that. Taylor Swift to make me feel emotions that I didn't know I could feel. Yeah. This album does not make me feel any emotions. No, it's, it's very... It's a bit of a bop. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like a mm-hmm. bop album, but it has no real depth to it at all. Yeah. At no point have I gone like, do you know what Taylor needs to do now? Go bad. Yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> Fine. Apparently, she. Um, this is according to um, an article that uh, it was a New Statesman article, but I've completely forgotten who it's by. I'll we'll find, find out. Um, the word "bad" appears thirty times in this album, so just to really emphasize that she is very bad. Um, but it just seems like a really archaic need to be like, right? Oh, girls are good, so I'm going to go bad. Yeah, no, like I'm cool. Fine. She also references, as one has pointed out, alcohol. Um, I remember my first <laughs> Right? So she likes... She has had a drink. Yes. We all know she's had a drink. She's she really also likes... had the sex. She's had the sex a lot in this album. Um, which and I her boyfriend's really good at it, you guys. Yeah. Like, in <laughs> case you didn't realise, she really loves her baby. And he's really good in bed. And she likes whiskey. Uh, whiskey, beer, champagne... Pretty, I mean, I think the only thing missing I is like a Smirnoff Ice. I just think yeah. that but, I preferred by Taylor when she was whinging right? about Jay Gyllenhaal. I don't buy any of this bad I shit like for this, a second. The, just the new boyfriend is obviously not kind of inspiring the no. great lyrics that, exactly. that Jake Gyllenhaal and he's Harry not, Styles did. Yeah, he's know? not making her feel enough because she wouldn't be writing yeah. 
What's like, his name? I'm just going to Google him right now. Boring McBoring. We forget what <laughs> his name is every time. Joe? Joe. Joe, Joe Alwyn. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, Joe Alwyn. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's so he great. He's honestly, I can't wait for your reaction. Tell me. Okay. Tell me what you think. April's oh, also, Googling him. He's just like male Taylor, yeah, right? Yeah, he literally yeah. looks exactly the same as her. He's just male Taylor Swift. But just... He's so bland. He's the blandest person. I, like, so do you boring. look at this? He even looks bored. She wrote gorgeous about this. Yeah, that's bollocks. I don't. Um, I don't buy for a second that she wrote gorgeous. I would about rather Joe buy Warren. into the narrative that gorgeous is about Cardi Class. To be honest, yeah, so. yeah. I'm for it. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's nothing. It's not a bad record. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good. It's a fun record to listen to. But there's depth. Like definitely no real depth to it. And there are a few bits that are just really such bad footing like Endgame and the fucking gunshots which that's weird to me I think I just it's I, the whitest thing I listened to it the whole way through and like Endgame kind of ready for it and Endgame and those songs kind of come up first and you're like oh my god this is horrible. that's a bad precedent this is not what work, I yeah. want from Taylor Swift at all and then you get through it and the last song is New Year's Day which we didn't play for you but it's like this kind of soft ballad mm. and it's like it's got this line in it where it's like I hope you don't be don't become a stranger whose laugh I would recognize anywhere. And it's just like so classic Taylor. That's and you're so just Taylor. like, hits you like, oh my God, yes. Yes. And so, so it ends it, where you want it to end. It seems very disjointed. I just miss old Taylor. That's the impression you guys. I get. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I miss old Taylor. Right? Like, Endgame just doesn't, like, where does that come from? That's just. No, I'm fine. It just is, yeah. So it's. It's a no from us. No, it's an okay. It's a, it's a, oh, this is an enjoy album that I'm going to listen to, um, but well, hopefully, it's made me feel basically nothing. Well, hopefully it'll end up on streaming soon and I can do a, a right? deep dive. That's, that's we'll come back I think, to it yeah, I, I think that's the main take is that. I just, just feel like. I can put it on Spotify, please. I just feel like my experience of it is just going to be very in line with yours. In that, like, yeah. There'll be songs I'll like and then there'll be songs I'll just be like, nah. I feel like it's good to get ready to for a night out. Sure. It's a grower. Like most I'm people pretending know. that I go on nights out quite <laughs> I was often. Say, when have you left the um, When I go to the club uh, <laughs> and Taylor. drink with Taylor and drink Smart champagne girl. flutes, uh, with jump in the pool uh, with all our clothes on because we're really wacky. Whiskey on ice, sunset. Whiskey on ice because oh. we're really bad. Bad, bad. Um, Beer in plastic cups, I think she says at one point. Yes, she does. Beer in plastic cups. Do you think she's, she's just watched like a bunch of TV? I yeah. think she has. There's, like Her idea of going to a party is like the parties that you see on TV. And I don't for a second I've believe she's actually OC been to one. i a couple one, of times. Right? I, know how I don't young believe she's ever down. been to one of those fucking parties. She's you certainly never been it. to a club. like. Know. Yeah, because like uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Is all about like throwing parties and stuff and having a great punk party. Tyler I Swift do quite never like, I like the idea that she like she uses the Gatsby reference. And I like the idea of her just throwing <coughs> a party continuously to try to get someone to come I to it. Yeah, <laughs> well, she, she basically wants the one boy to turn up. Right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Taylor Swift versus Jay Gatsby like narrative would be very something would be something very interesting yeah. to explore someone start some fanfic on maybe that. I'll uh, maybe I'll get on it yeah um, so movies Um, we there's only actually well I added something in this morning mm-hmm. but that's only from a comedy point of view we haven't really watched much recently Um, the one thing that we did go and see together this week was um The Killing of a Sacred Deer yes which is the second English language feature from Yorgos Lanthimos um, the director of uh, Lobster Dogtooth mm-hmm. amongst other things Um, this film like The Lobster also stars Colin Farrell along with um Nicole Kidman and can you do you know what, how do you pronounce Barry's surname you're Irish Brian um, 
I think it's Kian. Kian? Is it Kian? 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 I assumed it was Kian, but Kian. Barry Kian. He was um... Barry. I thought it was Brian. No, it's Barry. Is it? Yeah, it's Barry Kian. Barry Kian. It's the most Irish name ever. Um, Barry. Yeah, Barry. Barry. Um, who was in his name Seb... should be Sean. Who's in Dunkirk? Sean. <laughs> Who's in Dunkirk Sean. earlier this year? Is also in uh, Seventy One, which is uh, a very good <coughs> film in which he it's pretty evil in that. Mm. Um. A vague synopsis of the film. Yeah, I think we Is have to keep it synopsis? very vague. <laughs> it's uh, um, Colin Farrell plays a heart surgeon mm-hmm. um, who has a friendship with a young man called Martin. Yes. Um, the son of a former patient. Yes. And that's pretty much all I say. And then weird. Yeah, ensues. I think. Yeah, and he introduces him to his family really, yeah. and some stuff happens some from there. Escalate. What did you think? Um, I I really enjoyed it actually. I really enjoyed the film. Um, it was i was prepared for it to be pretty weird yeah um it was weird but it wasn't like it didn't unsettle me so much that i came out of the cinema still feeling completely weirded out um but it was you know fairly unsettling like the first scene the opening scene is um it just stares right into the face of a beating heart in someone's open chest and it just goes on for so long that i was starting to feel a little bit unwell yeah um, which i think is actually the whole point of the film yeah it's this like level of une- unease and the discomfort. level un- it is that's that's the weird thing mainly i think um it might ju- be jarring for some audiences the kind of the the way they have that really kind of flat dialogue between each other yeah. like the characters are very odd that's i think that's something that i think that he maybe is a stylistic choice yes. in in his english language i hear that the lobster's very i haven't seen the lobster, the lobster but you guys is have very, i hear very it's very similar, similar. Yeah. and <coughs> one thing i actually found quite interesting is that so obviously in this it's, it is set in the states it's meant to be based in cincinnati i think okay. it's all filmed in cincinnati and it's meant to be like midwest because it's like nondescript mm. american city but i think that i did find in interesting was that colin farrell kept his accent his accent his yeah. irish in it um which is the same in the lobster as well i'm um, here for that man. it's really good and the, the way that he speaks in this film is it's and the way that everyone interacts in in killing of a sacred deer is very very mm, it's very yeah it's an unusual way of interacting which i actually immediately got on with but i it's can quite, see that some people it's quite like staccato it. and quite emotionless and quite yeah. flat despite everything that's going on it's there's just this weird level of awkwardness which yeah. i just immediately recognize from mm. the lobster it's this kind of like i said this weird level of unease it's it's purposefully uncomfortable mm. and, you know the whole the film for me just felt like it was purposefully making you uncomfortable making you know challenging your perceptions of what is acceptable yeah um the parts of it are so are just really funny that's the bit i wasn't expecting actually was the, the black humor yeah it's really funny in let's way laugh out loud you laugh funny. at stuff that you know that you're probably not supposed to yes. laugh at because you're it per, that's on purpose i think anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're made to laugh and at everyone stuff. else in the cinema was yeah. laughing as well so it didn't make me feel that's so bad i think like with the lobster and this one is like you have to see it with a group of people yeah like, if yes. you sat and tried to watch this movie by yourself you probably like, have on a your very laptop different or something experience. you probably wouldn't be able to get through it yeah i meant to ask yeah that's true actually. yeah i mean it's really funny i saw the lobster in in the cinema and there was the same level of like uh mm-hmm. you know like uh, uh, i'm gonna laugh at this because actually it's a bit um, it's making me feel uncomfortable but everyone else is laughing but I know there was a guy near us who kept laughing out loud at stuff and that made me feel better about laughing too yeah i was like this guy's enjoying it i think you're supposed to laugh at stuff that's not okay because mm-hmm. i think otherwise it's like if you laugh at it otherwise you just I don't know. not really laughing because it's funny you're just laughing because like you don't know how to react yeah so uncom- <laughs> it, is that, it is that it is that laughter of like i'm so uncomfortable mm. 
at this at what has just happened like there's one scene in particular um with colin farrell and his son yes um where you just have to laugh because you're like this is so awful yeah it's yeah but i'm laughing at this because it's it's that like outrageous "Ah," yeah um and there's like yeah the way it's set up is kind of comic but it's not um i think the thing i i actually found most uncomfortable was the music, that kind of like rolling drum noise, yeah. which reminded me a lot of The Shining. They have that in The Shining as yeah. well. And there were parts where the music was getting so intense mm-hmm. that it was making me feel like I just really wanted the music to cut out. I was like, this is just, it's just, this cacophony of noise is just making me feel. It is interesting. I was like, oh my God, please stop. It is interesting <laughs> the use of music in it because it reminded me, you know when we went to see Under, skin, under the Skin? Yeah. And the way that music is yes. used in that just to make you feel so unsettled and just like I remember if I hear that now it just makes me feel physically sick. That affected me way more than the visuals. Yeah, I, I think, think yeah, I think the music works really well to make stuff that would be otherwise mundane yeah. really threatening. Yeah, you're like sitting there and I'm going, I'm just watching people kind of sit around, but I'm also like on the edge of my seat. You're expecting something to happen. <laughs> yeah, because felt, of that noise. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think that also it reminded me of like a um, the way that something might work in a play. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very much that kind of. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that up. actually. Yeah, that the way that he was talking reminded me of very much like just ex- exposition that mm. you might see at the theatre, which I think probably is purposeful as well. Mm. It's interesting because I'd had I, I we'd been really looking forward to it. I know that we, I think we'd mentioned maybe seeing the trailer at some point. Yes, in another the trailer's episode. been on a few times. And I think we've mentioned it in the pod before. Um, <coughs> and just given the the cast itself and also the director I'd been like anticipating it and I know that going into it I'd had knowledge that a few people that we know had seen it and just like flat out not enjoyed it it's definitely been a Marmite film yeah and I understand it I think it is one of those films where unlike stuff that I have seen where I've absolutely adored it and then really struggled to understand why someone wouldn't like yeah. it with this I can completely get why it wouldn't be someone's cup of tea yeah like I said it's especially with the dialogue and the interactions and stuff like it worked for me but i can imagine other people just being I like found that oh with, this is i found that with the lobster as well i remember a bit like i think it was one of my favorite films of 2015 did it come out um it was one of my favorite films of the year and i remember when i told people that and they'd seen it they'd been very like oh really mm. i didn't so i think it, that it's exceedingly also, divisive. Like, i mean i think it really does depend on who you're watching it with yeah like it's these kind of movies you really have to have the right audience yeah I yeah, think I definitely. I think yeah. you're completely yeah. right, Vaughn. I think I definitely needed to see it with people. Yeah. Because I think I said I think that I, I would have really struggled to get through it if I'd been on my own mm. and had no one around me to be like. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And if you're next to someone who really dislikes it, you can kind of sense that, and that probably would. Yeah, because yeah, it's like it was a visceral. Like, we were like all there together, going, "Are you? Are you watching this? Are you? Yeah, that are was, we all seeing the same? We were constantly glancing, like being like, "What? Like." <laughs> Oh my god, I've just remembered a really sexy bit where I was... Well, it was not sexy, that's the point. It's, like, not sexy at all. Dad bod. But... I love Colin Farrell's dad bod. But, there, you know, there are some interactions between Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman that, like... Oh, yeah, we were, like... Are uh... not sexy, but I was, like, dying of... I was so uncomfortable watching it. I was, like, dying. I was, like, Colin Farrell has no clothes on but also this is so awkward i just why is that such a good like i mean the whole point of the movie is to make you feel uncomfortable mm. but it's quite enjoyable like, yeah you're just yeah. like that was an enjoy i didn't feel bothered i've by seen it. i've seen films before in the parts that have been have made me feel so uncomfortable in a way that has not been enjoyable so yeah. this i know that this is different mm. <laughs> in yes. that respect i know that this is a film that like made me feel uncomfortable but like i left being like oh actually that was pretty cool like yeah it wasn't like that was disgusting i'm never gonna watch that before no. again in my life or like 
that was really upsetting <coughs> i don't want to watch that ever again mm. i've had those experiences and that definitely this definitely isn't mm. or wasn't one of those so it's definitely divisive yeah um, i definitely recommend people who if they've seen it um to go and watch the lobster if they haven't already. yeah you should definitely do it. Yeah. i'd be really interested to hear what you think about it get actually. some friends together and watch it as yeah we, we, we might have to watch it let's watch, watch it the lobster together so i don't have to watch it by myself let's um, do that and a quick just shout out to barry Kean. we're saying Kean now i don't know i think true. it is Kean. his character is very very good he's very good at it he's he's really good actually so it's interesting having seen him in dunkirk where he was meant to be like a nice boy um such you know, a like, nice, nice boy like i'll help the war yeah um Thanks for your war efforts, George. Thanks for your war efforts, George. Um, but he in seventy one, he's pretty evil in yeah. that, and he does. He plays that. He plays it really, really creepy. Well, fucking teenage boy thing. So when he's eating the spaghetti and like, oh, I was just like, this guy. I would want to get out of a room. Do you know if what I the aggressive him. spaghetti eating reminded me of? The scene in um, a ghost. Story. I knew you were gonna say that. The fucking pie, <laughs> where not she's pie. like aggressively eating. Pie. He's aggressively eating spaghetti and it's really hard to you watch. You knew it was going to be a year for aggressively eating food and <laughs> cinema. You knew. Um, you also saw recently um, oh, the, yeah. the Death of Stalin. I was going to just quickly touch on the Death of Stalin. Um, I went and saw this. Um, the trailer was pretty funny. Um, Wes really wanted to see it. So um, we went and saw it uh, the other week. Um, so The Death of Stalin is kind of a black comedy that chronicles the Soviet power struggles occasioned by the death of dictator Joseph Stalin. So uh, it's set in the 1950s. It's based on a graphic novel of the same name, which I didn't know about. Is it? Yes. Oh, I did not know that at I all. I didn't know that. Um, it stars Steve Buscemi, Michael Palin, Paddy Considine, Jason Isaacs, our favourite, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, the shithead. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. nope. Um, and so it's an all-male cast. That's one thing, you know, there's, there is a female character in it, but it's very, very male heavy. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's supposed to be, it is, you know, intended to be a black humour film. Um, I think there are parts of it that are, uh, a bit too dark. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're not actually funny. So the fight, the kind of end scenes, um, are very dark mm-hmm. and I, I don't think anyone laughed at all during those bits um and when there was like a joke cracked during those scenes it was kind of a bit awkward because i found it so dark um and there are a few comments um about women in it that are obviously true to the time in some ways that you know like haha rape joke sort of thing that i was like this i don't i don't think that needed to be in it in the yeah. slightest i'm getting that i understand that it's a boys club you don't need to like spell that out to me yeah that's just implied by the fact that there are clearly no women in this yeah <laughs> so um i enjoyed it actually it is it is quite funny there's some really silly it's a lot of kind of silly humor that's well, that's good fun when we saw the trailer um uh, being quite like oh cool this is like it's up my satirical alley that's yes it's works. very satirical it's you know it's silly it's fun um but i think the men in i do think the men in the audience found it funnier than the women so yeah. where's found it so funny mm-hmm. whereas i was like yeah it's pretty good and i spoke to someone at work who said they had the exact same reaction really so she was like mm, yeah it was funny but like there were a few bits that fell flat and were a bit Ugh. Yeah. um whereas the guys just thought it was it's it's a total boys club film yeah. i really do feel that um uh, Jason Isaacs is great in it though. Jason Isaacs uh, <laughs> good at everything. Um, Jason Isaacs with a Yorkshire accent is yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, I, when we were talking about it earlier this week, I said to you that I probably would just watch Jason Isaacs in anything. He's the sole yeah. reason that I watched seven 
fucking episodes of, of the o- OA, <laughs> which I have not finished because I cannot be bothered to slog my way through. Yeah. But I might He was the highlight of the OA. He was basically the only well, reason. I just yeah. watched the OA because everyone was like, I don't know if I like this show. Can you watch it and tell me whether I like it? <laughs> and then you watched it and went, I don't know. And no, you're like, I oh, I like so. the parts where Riz turns up and Jason does <laughs> it. Oh my God, I forgot Rizzy. Yeah. Exactly, forgettable. Go so, on. Yeah, um, got a tangent there. Yeah, um, so that his scenes were some of the funniest because he's he just carries it off so well. And yeah, it's satirical, it's silly. Um, it's funny that we mentioned the the Colin Farrell and the accent thing because in this film they don't adopt like faux no, Russian I su- accents. I assumed which, that. Well, I'm fine with that. Which makes it funny, actually. You it's can't kind be of consistent with that a. I don't want to listen to kind of shitty anglicized accents anyway mm-hmm. that are a bit cringeworthy and like are they a bit uh, yeah. uh um but also like carrying off some of like stalin with like a like paddy con i think it's paddy Constantine and Stalin with like some sort of like cockney accent is quite <laughs> funny, funny yeah. um so yeah so that was that was cool um yeah but i yeah i probably wouldn't watch it again it is quite dark in places that verging on too dark um the ending scenes in particular i yeah i think i think guys would enjoy it more than girls and usually i wouldn't want to acknowledge like a gender difference like that but i think there is very much one in that film a boy film um yeah it's a boy film i i just want to throw in just because it seems appropriate given recent discussions that i watched the man from uncle yesterday oh yes i had the day off and i had nothing to do because all my plans cancelled and my sole thing was i'm gonna meet my mum for lunch for an hour mm-hmm. so what can i do with my time i'm gonna finally watch the man from uncle and von's um, watched the man from uncle as well i'm the only one who hasn't seen okay that. so i just i won't go into it too much because i end up just doing like a, a soliloquy about <laughs> love for army hammer but um, did you know we love army hammer mm-hmm. what, I, what i thought was offensive was that i when i posted that i'd watched it one of our friends who will remain nameless he'll know who he is <laughs> accused me of thinking that it was only good because it had army hammer in it no i thought it was good because it was a guy ritchie film that didn't feel like a fucking guy ritchie film yeah. um do you know what was delightful about it is that it just army hammer and henry cavill just had this wonderful little duo. Army Hammer is the shining star of this film. Of course he honest. is. But also what was nice is that Alicia Vikander is in it as Gabby, um, this character who kind of falls in with Army Hammer and Henry Cavill's characters. And she just was like a well-rounded female character who there's this um, weird sort of... It's acknowledged that Army's quite fond of her, mm-hmm. but there's just no... There's no relationship. It doesn't romantic, like They nearly kiss, but they don't. So it passes it. the... What's it called? The thingy test. The... What's that test called? The be- well, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test because there's like one other woman in it and no. they don't actually interact with it. Damn. But she's a well-rounded ca- character. For a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's... I always say that it's the least Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. And that's, that's the best... That does sound ever. like a selling point. It's cool. It's honest. fun. It was like a fun action film. I didn't want to watch anything too emotionally draining yesterday. So I was like, yeah, sure, put this on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just quite nice. But there wasn't any gratuitous sex in it. It wasn't like she is there to... Because when she turned up, I initially... Were you like, my ah, brain, God. My brain was programmed to automatically go like, oh, she's going to become the thing that comes between them. And it's going to be this awkward, like, I love her. No, I love her. Yeah. And it just wasn't there. It was quite nice. That's good. 
army speaking uh, that's because they both love army they're, they're clearly <laughs> like, the sexual tension I know. between oh no really. army and henry cavill oh god what is it with army and sexual tension with oh, just, he would have oh. sexual tension with anyone like i have sexual tension with him and i'm not even near him yes now. so well can you feel the tension across the across he's the country so well dressed in it he has a lovely russian accent mm. um henry cavill is is fine i don't think they've ever watched a henry cavill film that's the thing I thought no, about afterwards. I don't think I Because I've not seen any. He's <coughs> fairly bland, but that works. I think it's offset, I guess. My thing was like, oh, it, he's quite, not wooden, but he's just very like, bleh. He's just like, I think that's the point of him playing the film. This is like, this is his best role because like, yeah, he's kind of that generic. Handsome American. Handsome spy dude. Well, right. Yeah. So that you should definitely watch He just leaves, he leaves the, uh, he leaves the microphone open for Army Hammer to be just like the Army best. wipes the floor with him. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. He's like you put Army Hammer next to you, um Henry Cavill and it's just like wow. Like, it's <laughs> Look like, at you shining. It's like a there diamond were... next to like a piece of trash. <laughs> there were parts of it where like when Henry Cavill was on screen I just firmly wasn't paying any attention. I was just like, <laughs> like on my phone. Blah, blah, blah. That's Army. Oh that yep, got him right. in now. But yeah it's just it's just a delight because it's just not a guy Ritchie guy Ritchie film. That's cool. So, oh, I've just remembered a Jude Law film that I liked. Sherlock. Sherlock! Sherlock Holmes. The yeah. first Sherlock was Again, all right. because I'm very into the sexual tension between him and Robert Downey Jr. Yes, fine. There's a lot of sexual tension there. Fine. Yeah. I watched it's, that it's film like, for Robert Downey Jr. It's just actually, that I just thought because it's a Jude Law film, there you go. Yeah. Jude Law. A babe. On the TV front, how far have you got with Stranger Things 2? I'm halfway through Stranger Things 2. I've watched we've, all of it. We've, I know. We've had to pause it um, because I don't want to watch it. Vaughn hasn't been watching with us oh, okay. and I didn't want to watch it when she was there because I firmly believe that she, that experience should be sacred and she shouldn't have to fucking You're start so, it halfway she's through. She's so considerate. I'm she's just the most considerate. I'm so considerate guys. Um but I have watched half of it. Reaction so far. Um without spoiling. I'm really enjoying it. Yep. Um I'm enjoying it in exactly the same way that I enjoyed the first season. Yep. Um <coughs> I haven't had too many uh I haven't reached the, uh, the 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 fateful episode seven that has been sure, mentioned so sure. much. Um, we I think we will do a deep dive when you finished it. Yeah, I think that's fair. There are, um, um, there are just some things that I would like your first reaction yes. on. Okay, I'll just you can give me your first word answer. Okay, Jim Hopper. Yes, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you just call Jim Hopper Daddy. Wow. <laughs> that was so instinctual. That <laughs> that's why I'm embarrassed right now because it just came out my mouth. <laughs> fucking hell yep I'm here for it I'm here for I it I mean relatable but maybe yeah. I'm sorry One thing, that was I a gut talk. reaction right it's there it's fine though because it was just segues nicely into my my follow up to that would be like I'm not gonna tolerate these Johnny Come Latelys being team, team oh yeah team Jim Hopper like he wasn't like in they've the just first discovered him in like the, he wasn't yeah. in the first like he wasn't like brooding. wonderful then as well being Ugh. like a wonderful dad bod that did a key I've been right? here since episode one where he said Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Yes. I was, here. I was yes. like, yep, sold. What a babe. Um, um, Steve Harrington. Well, look. <laughs> we did a Twitter poll. We did do a poll. Um, like, I like Steve. Yep. He annoyed... He was annoying in the first season. That's I wasn't keen on him. Fine. He's definitely grown on me. He's cool, right? I like, I like Steve. 
But I fucking love Jonathan, guys. I really like Joe Keery in real life. I think that he is a delight yes. on the internet. Yes, so his internet presence is... I'm not, yeah. I'm not entirely against Steve I'm not, I'm not against Steve at all, but I, I just, mean, Jonathan's there. And Jonathan I have a lot Byers. of love, but come on. I think the problem is that I know that Jonathan Byers would probably play, play me talking heads. Yes, <laughs> Read exactly. Me Vonnegut. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. No. Are you... Do you have a... Do you have a strong preference? Because you've only seen season one. Um, I do not have a strong preference either way. I think they're both pretty dumb. Yeah, that's fine. I think, like, I mean, I play they 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 do really well in the in the show, and they, like, <coughs> they play their roles. But I think they 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 have more screen time in the second season. Yeah, I, feel. I would be interesting to hear. They have like a stronger presence. Done some season which um, is why we never had this conversation for the first season because I don't think it was really on people's radar. My other, uh, I guess, my, the other thing um, that we can kind of talk about now without having watched all completed uh season two is um the sort of external conversations around stranger things uh specifically the sexualization of the young actors and actresses so there's been specifically there's been a lot around finn wolfhard it's weird um stop. it's so weird um so there were some conversations the other week um some fans were very critical of finn um for coming out of a hotel and not acknowledging them enough to their standards um, because they were waiting outside his hotel like total creepers and because he didn't go over and spend loads of time with him they therefore branded him like an arrogant dickhead he's 14 i just want to point out that the children they're 14 you're a full grown-ass adult waiting outside his hotel in my job i have to work with children i have to work with teenagers most of the 14 year olds i (coughs) meet they're literal children yes they're literal children i mean this is what i found really disturbing about this rhetoric around it seems to have focused this time around a lot on um finn and millie Millie bobby brown Mm -hmm. um it's just weird to me that when i look at the stranger things cast i just they're like adorable children yes you're just like oh they're really sweet they are adorable at all costs yes they're they're wonderful von is pulling so many faces at this i just yeah, I mean, the concept of them being sexualized is just horrifying. It is it's disgusting. It's not surprising, um, but it's I kind of, and I kind of, this is, you know, this is just so typical of society that I almost expected people to be, as usual, having conversations about what Millie Bobby Brown is wearing and her makeup and her heels and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's been kind of shocking the stuff that's been focused towards Finn Wolf. Hard. Well, there was one model in particular. Yeah, so twenty-seven-year-old on... model Ali Michael must fucking regret this so much. Yeah. So she posted a photo of him with the caption, "Not to be weird, but hit me up in four years." No, I said. Um, what, and... what, I remember when <coughs> we were talking so about this. I said it reminded me of when, um, and you didn't even know this was a thing. Mm. Um, when the Olsen twins were like, oh, the mm, countdown, the countdown. Oh. Yeah, so there was like a thing yes. running on the internet where it was like. A <coughs> It was like a countdown to when the Olsen twins were going to be legal. That is... Which is horrible. I think they did the same thing to Emma Watson. Yeah, they did. That is disgusting. Oh, my God. So it's, in- it's not interesting, Why? but it's just weird that... Well, it is interesting, I guess, to see that actually this time around Finn is... is yeah. Because you don't... You so rarely see this kind of... 
the focus in that sense on on and boys well we're used to it being women aren't we we shouldn't be used to it but we're bloody used to it i think it's because depressingly you expect it when it's young that's that's what i mean like we we expect the expectation is that you're going to have something to say about this young woman adult women can be creeps too guys yeah really can tom and i had a really interesting conversation about it last night when we were talking about the the exact same topic the Mm -hmm. stranger things kids and that he we were sort of sort of discussing whether it's the idea that if it's an older man and young girls it's mm-hmm. like creepy and predatory and like not not cool at all but, but when an just, older woman dates like harry styles yeah. that's fine well this is what we were then and we'll come on to this perhaps later as i was then talking about the fact of how when i find it really oh i know why it's because i was making him watch like one direction's audition videos oh, from yeah. x factor um, actual babies they are actual babies harry in particular is Just like child tiny. child face yeah like little adorable child like yeah. oh isn't it sweet and that's what i find really strange is this you know that for me actually was the only thing that i could pull from the ether of like a time that was of... yeah no i remember that like uh specifically they used to like really like the papers used to highly sexualize him like they yeah. had those like reports of him having slept with like 400 women or something so and weird. it's like he's 17 that's crazy crazy it makes me really uncomfortable it's i just think it's really sad he can do whatever he wants like consensual sex he's like of age but yeah like you shouldn't be talking about a That's teenager's not. sex life i mean in the same it's funny that when this this yeah so this caption came out from this model ali michael and everyone was so outraged and yet journalists still thought it was appropriate to go to finn wolfhard and ask for his take on it. So they asked him outside of like a hotel or whatever, like, hey, what do you think about this 18 year old girl saying she, she can't wait for you to be legal? So what, stop asking him. Like you thought that the best reaction was to go and meet him and go, isn't that outrageous? To make him even more uncomfortable. He's still 14. To make him even more um, uncomfortable about something. Ask child about sex. Right? So um, something else on the TV front that I just wanted to draw your attention mm-hmm. to um, for comedy value was that um, this week I saw the trailer for um, Waco. Yes, I have also seen this trailer. Which is coming in January 2018. Um, it's a, a, it's a t- made-for-TV five-parter yes, or yeah. something. Um, it stars Michael Shannon, Taylor Kitsch, Angela Riseborough, John Leguizamo, Rory Culkin, um, and it's based on the 1993 FBI and ATF seize of religious leader David Crash's branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas. I can't believe Taylor Kitsch is did David you, Koresh. Do you see how much weight he lost? Yeah. Weird. But they've made, like, David Koresh attractive, which is just... Well, my first question was going to be... Oh, yes. Is it upsetting that my first reaction was like, oh, Taylor Kitsch. Oh, hello. Well, we had a discussion last night, actually, didn't we, about, um, about uh, attractive... <laughs> attractive cult leaders because I made the same comment about Taylor Kitsch to Wesley and then he got really offended that I was implying in some way that David Koresh isn't attractive <laughs> I think he's doing this because Wesley himself looks a little bit like David Koresh does he? Um, yeah. a little bit yeah if, you, if you gave Wesley a mullet he's basically David Koresh <laughs> he'd probably look quite um, good with a mullet with less like I don't know less of a head case but um Slightly. I, yeah i find it is a bit i don't know i feel like it's a little bit in the same vein of like um jamie dornan being like a sexy serial <laughs> killer in the fall look he's um, not hideous so, i've just so... gave i've just googled david <laughs> he doesn't Do see it? Wes. Yeah, yeah kind of if you gave wesley some curly hair <laughs> a curly mullet 
Sure. I mean, actually, I'm getting the side-by-side comparison of Taylor Kitsch and David Koresh, and he did do quite a good Maybe job. Maybe we need to make a collage with Wesley Taylor and David. <laughs> Maybe. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was intrigued by the cast list mostly when I'd seen that it had... I mean, I will... Michael li- Shannon is the best. I will so. literally watch anything with Michael yes. Shannon. I think we all Are agree on that. Are you going to watch that Christmas movie that he's in? Yes. <laughs> the one that he directed. Yeah, what's it called? Potterville? Yeah, I don't Potterville? know. Potterville? It's called something weird. It's yeah. the most bizarre thing. I'm like, wait, I just... Michael Shannon's in a Christmas movie. Is Michael Guy Shannon going to smile in a way that isn't sinister? Yeah, have you... Did you... This is a complete segue, so, not in any way. Um, well, it's Michael Shannon related. Have you seen his um, lip sync battle? No, I haven't actually, no. Have you seen it? Yeah. I haven't seen That's it. so funny. <laughs> I can't imagine him being I can't like that. imagine that he did it. Like, I no. can't imagine why he did it. Just, just to prove he's not like a psycho killer in real life. He confuses me as a person, yeah. like in general. Yeah, he's so weird. In the best way. In the best way, like he's really good, and I think, yeah, but who knows who he actually is? But really. I mean, I'll probably, I'm, I will at least watch the first episode. Yeah, of Waco. I think we have to watch the first episode of Waco because the 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 subject matter appeals to my interests entirely. I mean, what um, I found interesting was that when I was looking at like the crew in terms of like the writing staff, it's um Drew and Eric. Sorry, John Eric Dowdle. But they come from like a horror background. Oh, that's interesting. They did that as Below film. The oh, film yeah, was yeah, about yeah, the yeah. Paris catacombs. As, yeah, as Above, So Below. Yeah, whatever and they it is, did, yeah. I think it was Quarantine. Oh, okay. But it's Ooh, weird. They they're have... both like, yeah. That's Awful. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't want I someone thought... like that to make a two. Yeah, absolutely. Because I thought like, oh, okay. So I wonder who is on staff. wonder who, you know, it comes from the mind of. Which, you know, person in Hollywood whose work I've seen mm-hmm. before and I was like oh literally nothing of, yeah. of theirs have I ever seen of no so consequence I think that's okay. why I'm intrigued by it we defi- yeah. It's, yeah my favourite thing about the entire both watching Waco trailer is that you then spent ages looking at the Culkins I just can't believe how many Culkin children there are they had like there were seven of them I did not know that did you not know that I no. did not know so I thought there were like three yeah. so I thought there was Rory Kieran yep. and Macaulay yep but there's like... Well, I knew there was a sister. There's another four. Wow. Two of them are dead. Oh, God, that's horrible. One of them got hit by a car, and one of them died... Who was a half... No, one of them who was a half-sister died from a drug overdose. Sure. So there's actually now five of them. But they're... Yeah, there's like a like Christian Culkin, who I've never heard of. Sure. Quinn Culkin. Quinn no Culkin. What a name. Idea. Um, Jennifer, who was the half-sister, and then I can't remember what the other... Who's your favourite? Um, it's probably Macaulay, but that's just because your favorite is Macaulay. Yeah, mine favorite is Kieran. Fair. On... I mean, mine's got to be Macaulay, but yeah. like you have to from my youth. OG. An Kieran OG is my Culkin. favorite for Scott Pilgrim alone. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's um, fair. They're good. I like the Culkins. I just didn't know there were Did so many of them. Did they just like have so many because they were like breeding child stars? I think that's my probably. impression. Is that they just kept they were creating a farm of children to <laughs> have on screen. Yeah, I feel like anything. Um, the Culkins are kind of... It's all sinister, isn't it, it's really? It's weird. It's a bit like the um, Phoenix family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm, yeah. But there, there's a piece of trivia for you. Oh. Who knew? Fucking seven I learned siblings. something that day. So. There's so many Culkins. <laughs> On to our main subject. Although we've had a few main subjects this time. I think we talked talked a bit during news. But mm-hmm. um, our main subject for today... Main, main. Main, main. The main... The meaty bit in the sandwich. <laughs> in the thirsty sandwich. I'm talking such shit. Go on. Um... <laughs> Don't everyone turn off at this point, Jack Redding. <laughs> Just stay stay on board here because it's, you know. Um, Harry Styles. Um, Harry Styles. Is, is a topic that we don't talk about a lot, so I can appreciate this comes as a shock. I don't ever mentioned it. No, I don't think we've ever mentioned Harry Styles no. ever. Um, Harry Styles. So we're, we're kind of, 
we've had a Harry filled month. We've had a Harry filled few weeks um, that began with seeing him uh, in London, which mm-hmm. we will talk about. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to start with a bit of a just, you know, a fangirly recapping of what we've experienced this past month but then there is some serious stuff I want to talk about as well there is some deep analysis yeah yeah and I think it's it's relevant to it's it's interesting and relevant whether you're a fan of Harry Styles and or One Direction or not so I'm hoping people are going to stay with us a little bit if they're not automatically like but let's yeah let's go Back to the 30th of October. It feels like such a lifetime ago. It's such a long time ago. London Hammersmith. We went and saw Harry Styles together. The first time for myself in April. Not the first time for Vaughn. It wasn't Ron's, Vaughn, no. Vaughn's first rodeo. And it's certainly not her last no. in like the next week. Unbelievably. Right. Um, but there was quite a lot of build up to this. Um, we've only been waiting for a long time. When did you buy tickets? Because I was trying to work out Do you when know when we bought sale? tickets? Um, is it the start of the year at some yeah. point? It's I, basically, I think it has been like nine months or something. Well, his album waiting. came out, was it March? Yeah. I think it was like February or, April, or something. April. No, his, his song came out in April and his album, album came out in May. In May. So maybe it was like April time? Yeah, I think... Had he, we heard any music? I think we'd had Had we heard a single, single. A single, single tune before buying those we tickets? We had one, I think. Cool. Well, there's been quite a lot of build-up then. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that was pretty exciting like sick nerves actually which is something i don't experience very often those tickets was a lot yeah and the the stress of just knowing that my, we were going sorry, my confirmation for the tickets came in on may 4th so should we talk just a little i think we're going to go into this a bit more mm-hmm. but just talk a little bit about the experience of seeing harry styles in person live with his band and your kind of highlights of the show personal highlights um it was legitimately one of the best experiences. Yeah, we're not joking at all. Like, I'm not I'm not just saying this for the sake of it. No. I've never felt in such a nice environment. It was the nicest. I think that's key to it, is that not only was, you know, the actual gig itself great, but the environment of it just... He was he was very, very, very good. And the just the general, exper- the general vibe in the room was just so nice. It like, I just don't remember... Really, really nice. Like being in such a like so positive such a positive environment so chill like everyone was so chill everyone was so just oh so much love in the room yeah there was lots of love in the room there wasn't any i don't know there wasn't any defensiveness which i think you often get shows there wasn't any kind of one-upmanship between people Um, no and the thing that i you know i remember saying to you in the immediate aftermath 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 immediate aftermath was just that like the amount of times that I mean, I had my phone out constantly for the entire show, I think, yeah. just taking pictures and stuff. Because you had to. You, it was like you seeing Elvis to. or it was, something. It was literally yeah. like seeing yeah. Elvis or the Beatles. But like at no point did I feel uncomfortable or pressured by anyone around me to put it away, which is such a stark contrast to any other show you go to where you have to like You feel like the biggest picture, shithead, don't you? Like sneak like five or six pictures and put your phone away for 15 for, minutes yeah. and then maybe try and sneak it out again because the people around you are just getting like knocked off at the fact that you're... Yeah, no one cared. Yeah. Like, but I also you... think it's like you're taking pictures and you're streaming video or something, but you're not like doing it for the whole show. No. no. You're dancing and you're having a good time and you just want to like a memory or something. Yeah. yeah, there was definitely less of the vibe of people recording the whole show through their phone. To... You know when people yeah. usually just fucking have their phone out and they watch the whole thing through yeah. their screen? Yeah. There was less of that. No, it was Because people like... were like, I want to actually Yeah, it was like sneaking this. the pictures just to like have as a memory and then like, you know, having more of a dance 
France, enjoying was, herself, yeah. and then taking a few more pictures. But at no point did, was anyone getting annoyed by that. It no. was because that was just the general consensus across the across the entire room. We yeah. all just want to remember the fact that this really happened. Well, it was real. <laughs> like half the time, I just felt a bit like I need to take pictures of this to prove it's real. Like, like is it real? Is it real? It was insane. It I didn't was, feel I, real. I thought I was going to die. I didn't realise how emotional I would be at the beginning. So it was like quite a shock to me. The in sound some ways. of screaming. I've never heard anything like that cacophony of sounds. It was like actually deafening. Like, I think that's the most strange well, you've my got, eardrums you have took ever a, been. You filmed like when he came on stage. Yes. When like the, did you get the, you got yes, the curtain Yes, I've got the you? video of like the curtain drop at the beginning. And it's just hilarious. And the sound like breaks my phone because it's so loud. <laughs> I was having to cover my ears. I was like, oh my God, this is insane. It's my favourite sound in the world, screaming it's girls. So it's just, it was good. so, it was just like, oh God, heartwarming. Would you say on that, I mean, you've been to like one D shows in the past. Would you say that the the app, you know, the kind of atmosphere you get at a Harry Styles show is, you know, did you was it the same feeling yeah. at one D? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you get that. I mean, I think most of the people there were One Direction fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think that you at this point in all of the boys' career, you most of the people that are seeing them are yes. going to be One Direction yes. fans. I mean, with Harry, it's a bit different because he's kind of like broadened his appeal, and it's like. It's considered cool, mm-hmm. kind of, to like Harry. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, you everyone's do get come a few... out of the woodwork to admit that. It yeah, seems. you get a few people out there that are like that are not that weren't One Direction fans, but most of the people there are One Direction fans, and yeah. that kind of like that visceral kind of screaming thing is a very boy band. Yes, that, yeah, that's what I mean. In advance of the show, I'd said to Tom that I imagined like Beatles level hysteria, yeah. and that was completely like I was worried it was going to be like violent, though, like girls like proper being catty with each other because they want to get like the best spot and it was completely the opposite it was really conscientious like there was a point where it was like you know like no one wanted to stand in front of anyone else who couldn't see it's the first time like a dude with an afro hasn't stood in front of me or someone who's like eight foot tall the the thing that i just remember as well is just getting in the room and just being like oh everyone's basically my height so and i was wearing (laughs) everyone i can see i was wearing like i'd purposefully worn like heeled boots because i was like right Every single time I go to a show, normally I can't see anything for shit. But this mm. is one thing that I actually want to be able to see the stage at a decent level throughout the entire show. So, mm. like, purposefully wore, like, heeled boots. And I was like, oh, actually, I probably would have been fine if mm. I hadn't bothered because I can see because everyone is literally my height. We had a perfect view, right? Yeah. It was amazing. Um, and we'll we'll go on to talk about a bit more about the kind of importance of Harry Styles, the boy wonder. Um, <laughs> but... Just quickly, the set list. Played Kiwi twice. <laughs> he slipped on a Kiwi. He literally sw- slipped on a Kiwi. And it's since come out that there have been like select supermarkets that have banned the sale of Kiwis to the under-25s for fear of Harry Styles' life. He knew that something... people are lobbing So we fruit. could still buy Kiwis. Yes. We, we were. We, we could have thrown them. We could have started like an underground Kiwi like smuggling ring. Yeah. We could have just sold them off on the yeah. black market. No drugs, no drugs being taken at this show. Want a Kiwi? Everyone's like smuggling Kiwi? Kiwis. Um, so there was that. The outfit was, as expected, pretty spangly. It custom was the Gucci. gold suit from the yes. Troubadour show. Which I was pleased about. With Stevie Nicks, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was his... I mean, basically, he saved the best suit for us because it's the Stevie Nicks suit. Yeah. Like, that suit must mean a lot to him. That so. is my, well, pretty much my favourite one of his suits. It's gold and it's sparkly. 
and it's so cold, everything it? I want from a custom Gucci suit. Yeah, man. it's it's got everyone wanting to dress like Harry Styles in a way that's just yeah, it's unreal. Man, if I could get away with wearing like sequins all the time, all I would the time, do it. right? Wonderful, just <laughs> glittering. It was beautiful. Just happiness in a suit. Yes. Yes. Um, so we'll talk about that a bit more in a moment. Um, sort of the same week after we got home, um, Vaughn, I don't think you've watched this yet, but there was Harry Styles of the BBC. Have you watched it now? I did watch it, yes. Vaughn has seen Harry Styles of the BBC. So that was like a few days later, which uh-huh. felt kind of cruel in that I wasn't ready for it. Um, I felt emotionally like bereft after <laughs> the <laughs> aftermath of that show. I was just so depressed that it was over. Um, yeah. So this was kind of nice to bolster me again, but also just hurt. Um Harry and Nick Grimshaw. Well, you know my feelings on Harry and Gr- Nick Grimshaw. Does anyone else find Nick Grimshaw annoying without the context of Harry Styles? I don't know him without the context of Harry okay. Styles. I like. I'm not from here. I've yeah. never heard his radio show. I literally only know him in context of being friends with Harry Styles. Yeah, which is probably the best context. This, this I quite like context. Nick Grimshaw. I find him annoying without. Vix has been in a lift many times with Nick Grimshaw, <coughs> which like is I'm deeply jealous about. Yeah, I do like their pairing. It's a good. It's a good. When pair. I saw um, when I saw Pays earlier, she said to me that when she watched it, she just noticed like so many like knowing looks between Harry and, and Grimmy. And there's like, a look. Yeah. There's, they a, just, there's like, definitely each other a, look. a look where they're just like little little look, little look between them. The bromance is definitely. It was there. a great show though. It was very good. It was fucking weird, like bingo and axe wielding. Oh yeah. Did you? Bingo. I mean, I I knew the bingo was coming, but the axe wielding. That was weird. He's so normal. That was what? Like we're just gonna go and do normal things with him, like throwing axes that i don't just... think harry's done a normal thing in his entire life no you definitely know he like fucking they fed him those bingo that lines just feels like... i was like there's no way harry Styles knows like the equivalent of that feels to me though like any, fat anything but... when it comes to like you know when they just get like oh really famous people to do like normal person mm-hmm. stuff that's what it felt like to me mm-hmm. like in spice world that's what it feels like did we learn anything about Harry Styles from that show? No. no. Absolutely oh, not. Oh, I learned that he likes chips and gravy, but he's from the North, so that was pretty much, that was like pretty much a, given. a foregone conclusion. It was just like him confirming. But it's nice verbally. to have it confirmed. I yes. liked how upset Grimmy was about it. Yes. <laughs> he did it already. <laughs> like, you've eaten the chips? Yeah. I, it was an enjoyable experience. Enjoyable. Although but... we did say that like we couldn't understand how everyone in the studio was maintaining such composure, everyone being was so, so close. Calm. Everyone was just they like literally like two steps away. Do from you reckon them? they just sedated them? I, I think, think it so. was. There was some kind of sedation. Everyone was on Valium. Yeah. You can't be really too chill. excited as you will get kicked out. But <laughs> well, they got loads of people and they're like, "Do you know who Harry Styles is? No. Cool. Come with me. Right. Do you want to be on TV? Yeah. Can sure. you just stand in front of this guy that you don't know? <laughs> um, is there anyone that doesn't know who Harry Styles is? <laughs> no. Not... Even my mum's pretty. My mum's a big Harry. Styles fan now so that was this was the test really she tuned in at the same time and I was like shit here we go it's like introducing a boyfriend oh, yeah. I didn't I did enjoy that your mum was like texting you she as was we texting watching. me a running commentary and it like began quite pessimistic and she was just like you know I don't know just like mm. and then by the end she's just like I'm sold I'm so into this Amazing. um I can kind of see oh my God, she's really it. concerned though that um she has to keep reminding me that I have a boyfriend in some sort of <laughs> I'm like, like, you know, I'm not actually going to run away with this guy. And she's like, Harry Styles is very handsome. You know who's more handsome? Wesley Brown. My mum does that, though. My <laughs> Suze does that. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, he's lovely. But he's do you lovely. know who's lovelier? Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, she does that. <laughs> As if like, you're going to forget. Like, she'll see, like, if we're out and she like sees my phone background, which is so rarely of my husband, and she'll just be like, oh, that's a nice picture. But wouldn't... How does Thomas feel about that? Like, you rather have a picture you think of he's not fully aware so of... I li- I'm going to live with him. <laughs> yeah. This I isn't like a secret. Day. Yeah, it's fine. I don't need a picture. I know I what Wesley looks like. I think they know 
yeah. that you guys like these. Yeah, again. it's not like some secret, like, Mum, I'm just telling you I'm having an affair. <laughs> Don't tell... what. Silly. But um, that was her main concern, really. That's sweet. Um, I like that she thought the possibility of you running right. away with Harry Styles That's what I thing. need to take Well, I was going to say, I admire her sheer optimism. She was just like, just remember, you have a boyfriend. Just remember. She did say um, at one point, uh, the other day, I sent a picture to her of... Um, I want. Oh, that was it. I wanted to show her this Kat Von D lipstick I have. So I sent her a picture of April and I at before the Harry Styles show in our Kat Von D lipsticks and was like, mum, this is what they look like. And she was like, Harry doesn't know what he's missing. <laughs> Your oh, mum's just like, I mean, so he's a Victoria's Secret show, but yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, he, you're right. She's so kind. Bless Nisi. Um, and then more recently, we had the Kiwi video drop. Oh God, the Kiwi video drop. Which was... The best thing. Was that, that everything you wanted? Yes, I love it. And more. Yes. Yeah. Cupcakes puppies it was literally pandering to my every need and i love that i want to be pandered to yeah just keep pandering harry i just it, desperately like cake and dogs cake dogs and harry it was styles. it was and just it was dunkirk with cake yeah. which is was, uh, dun cake. Dun dun cake. cake. it was great i think the best so thing great about, to have dun cake the best thing about the kiwi drop was that i was on lunch in the city with my mum and this was time perfect. So time perfectly, and and Von alerted us to the fact that the video was dropped, and you were in. I was town. literally across the road from you as when you when Von texted me, and I was like, "This is perfect." If it had been five minutes later, I wouldn't have been able and to you get rushed, to you. You rushed over to see me and my mum in prep, and then we had to ignore my mum for three and a like, sorry, half big minutes while we watched it on my phone with an earbud each, trying not to cry, trying not just to like cry in a little tears, place, just like gasping my, with my mum watching us in like a. Fuck same kind yeah. of way and then you let you left but you left me a keyword <laughs> i was like cool i've got to go to back to work um oh wait by the way i bought you a gift the best thing was Hi. i was late back to work and i had like a, a an appointment at work and i had to tell people like oh i'm really sorry i was late back but i was watching a harry stories <laughs> this is like our whole life now my friend bought me a kiwi though it's fine yes i was having kiwi lunch that's that's what it was really was getting my vitamin c dose the video is <laughs> exceptional Mm. It's it's a wonderful video. I hope everyone, anyone who hasn't seen it yet, should go and watch it. We will give it a chance. It. I don't think I linked to it when it came out, so we'll link to it. It's it's a what a romp. It's, eh? just, it's just delightful. What it's just one of the romp. best music videos I've seen in a very very long time. Mm. Thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. It doesn't give me anxiety like the one where he's like flying in the air. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, no, you're just worried he's going to drop, even though you've seen it before yes. and you know he's not like, going to drop. I know he's okay, but at the same time, and that weird face mask, the well, Harry mask. The but... Kiwi video has a lot more of a narrative than uh, yes, <laughs> than surprisingly, Dunk it's, it's Harry going back home to his homeland in space because yeah. he's an alien. <laughs> it's it's very perfect. David Bowie, actually. Yeah. Now I think he's about a perfect it. Perfect angel. They cut a yeah. hole in flies that. away fabulous gucci suit to put his harness through it and i'm just it's just really distressing Imagine being that rich that you can just like oh, I'm just, cut. <laughs> just cut a hole get fine. some scissors i just did rip notice it in there. that his gucci suit did not get cake on it so going back to what uh we were talking about uh earlier about the kind of the the really amazing atmosphere of um the harry Styles show we were at mm-hmm. um i just wanted to talk a little bit about uh this kind of concept of Harry's shows as a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like we've experienced this firsthand now. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it is 100% there. It made us feel, um, you know, well, for April and I, as like straight white women, mm-hmm. it made us feel good enough. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just wanted to get Vaughn's opinion as well on um, 
Harry's shows as like an LGBT safe space in particular. Um, I know that 1D and LGBT culture are fairly, fairly linked. Um, One Direction fandoms kind of, you know, often known as an LGBT space. Lots of people first came out to fellow Directioners. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I just wondered about your experience of that, Vaughn. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, uh, it always feels weird because um, you shouldn't let your identity be validated by other people. But no. it's still, it's like when he runs around with that rainbow flag, you sort of feel like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm okay. Harry thinks I'm okay. It's hard not to be affected by yeah. that. Yeah. And um, just being in the room with, like, all those people and they're holding their flags and they're so excited. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you see all these girls and they're quite young too and they're out there just being, like, out and proud and just like, yes, I'm, I'm here to see Harry Styles and I've got my rainbow flag or my bi flag or the, the trans flag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're, they're just out there and it's really nice. It's just really warming. It is. It that was, was one of the nicest things, I think, was to just be in a room full of, you know, largely young women who just obviously feel... There was not an element of judgment in that No, room and whether it's all. just in that space or outside of that, mm-hmm. they just seemed very, like, comfortable and just secure in that area. I yeah. mean, so well-dressed. Yeah. Right? More and, so, and more so than, like... Again, we'll talk about this a bit later as well, but, like, more so than, like, you know, lots of other shows and lots of other music that I'm involved in where, you know, oh, this is a sp- safe space, and that's said a lot, yeah. but actually the feeling I had at this show compared to that was completely different. I personally have never felt more at peace yeah. in a room as I did at that show for the simple reason that I just didn't have to worry at any point mm. that I was going to get any hassle from anyone. Mm. And that's, for me in particular, that was huge. So God knows how anyone else right. who has to encounter that kind of scenario on a daily basis must feel Yeah, to actually have this, you know... I think it's really special too because um, with One Direction and that's come forward into Harry Styles, this has come from the audience mm-hmm. as opposed to like Harry yes. really, yeah, is, Harry really, is really supportive of yeah. it and he's but he hasn't driven it right. It's been driven by the fans and mm-hmm. they you know it started like really small with this like Rainbow Direction group where they would like they would meet up and bring flags mm-hmm. to to One Direction shows and then it just kind of got bigger and Harry started to like actually acknowledge them at, at One Direction shows and then since he's been doing his solo shows he's been doing the same thing but it really is led by the audience, which mm. I think is quite different to other movements where it's, it's led by the the people in the bands. Mm-hmm. Who So if you don't necessarily have that kind of group <coughs> support yeah. there where everyone is there and they just really want everyone else to have a good time and mm. feel safe mm. and included and to push to make sure that everyone yeah. specifically feels Which is just so interesting included. that it is so fan-driven. Mm. I just that you know like yeah I completely agree that you just you so you just don't ever see that mm. anywhere else which I just think is so I don't know it's it's insane that that's like a mind blowing concept yeah but it's just like oh wow no so this does this can it's work. like the first time I've actually encountered yeah that it's actually experience it be like wow. having been to like hundreds of shows yeah like oh wow it really is palpable yeah like I mean it sounds really awful to say that but I think it's because the audience is largely female too. yeah it is that... I mean there were you know there were a few guys there but the guys that were there were like either guys who were there like probably with their girlfriends who mm-hmm. like were in support of their girlfriends then you know they're not being dragged along or who you know genuinely enjoy it or gay men as well yeah there were some um, dads as well like, so and a few dads kids. who were supporting their kids but it just was so like, but it was it was so female heavy um which i had expected but i always feel like you know what girls can be intimidating too and i think we're pressurized into feeling like you know everyone's on edge in these kind of usually i feel like 
like girls are so consistently on edge in these kind of situations like they're being looked at that they end up being pushed into you know towards being catty towards each mm-hmm. other towards being you know like a bit nasty um we well, are pushed into like being competitive yeah yeah you're completely competitive and i don't think it comes from us i think it's you know well, we feel that pressure we right we talk about that here on the the with the emo yeah. yes yeah and how, yeah but that came from the music yeah and how the music was like you know would hate girls yeah. but you would want to be the exception yeah, yeah. Exactly. It puts you. It put, you want to be the exception, so, so it puts you but in. But they position. could only be one. Yes, there's only one. Yeah. So you're essentially. Vying so you're like all of these girls position. around me are like you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm the yeah, and you don't you don't have that. Like, no. that's not even on anyone's radar, mm. and it just felt. See, because Harry loves all of us. Yeah. Exactly. It and was. It was definitely. It felt like a group effort. Yeah, it's like, and we all love him. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. It was. Yeah, that was. Amazing. It just felt like you could just feel the the like community aspect you also like yeah. you just really love him but you also don't mind sharing him with those people no, no like, yeah there's a sharing aspect right yeah. there's well, no that's the, possessiveness that's the thing as well i just felt, <coughs> it just felt so nice to be in a room where like every single per- other person is as, as excited as you are mm. to be there to see him and you're not you know oh well actually i like him more than you do or i've been a fan for longer like there's mm. nothing mm. you just don't get that like you could be the person that literally heard you know his single and yeah. was like oh shit like i'm i'm totally on board with this i'm gonna go or you mm-hmm. could be someone that literally been there since you know x factor yeah. and one, yeah. you know days early days of 1d but like there's no it's a level playing field which i just think is in, incredible yeah you just don't you like there's no oh well i've liked them longer than you so i'm more of a fan there's, yeah there's not that yeah it's absolutely. like oh cool you like him too great well we're just the same we're friends we're now, friends like. yeah it's brilliant um so again, I mean, the the inherent kind of politics of the Harry Styles show is kind of fairly evident. Then you know you get more there being there. It was amazing to see rather than like you know loads of posters of like "Marry Me, Harry." It was just like an entire sea of LGBT and Black Lives Matter posters. Yeah. Um, but Harry himself is not very political. Um, mm-hmm. It was interesting. Von being just like an entire pool of knowledge linked us to quite a few articles to read through before this. Um, and there was one really interesting one called OK, But What's the Deal with Harry Styles by Anne T. Donahue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting that she said, quote, Harry's always worn his heart and politics on his brightly patterned sleeves. Is Harry political at all? No. <laughs> I didn't. That's, that's again, like you were saying, I like mean, it's driven look, by the fans. Look, him actually waving the rainbow flag around right? mm-hmm. that is political yeah it, that is a political act which i think a lot of people sort of don't acknowledge yeah. in mm-hmm. itself that it is i'm not 100 percent sure harry is what is aware of how political no is. no um i i don't know his well, how significant i don't, don't yeah. want to put his motive i know that he knows that it means a lot to us yeah mm-hmm. as 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 fans but yeah i mean i don't but that is a really hugely political thing mm. um but yeah as a person he doesn't talk about politics his his music isn't political his like his, the the interviews that he has, I mean, he there's no aspect of the man has no politics question there. In five no, years. exactly. He just, he just like goes. he doesn't answer questions about himself, let alone anything else. I so think when uh, when because he was doing like promo during the election and stuff, he mentioned Brexit. Yeah, he said I'd vote for who's ever is against Brexit because I think people should come together. Yes, and that's about that's about as political as he. Yeah, yeah but it's kind of I guess it really does reflect what you were saying about. Um, yeah, like the, the the that you know the activism and the politics is really much driven by the fans and is kind of supported by him, but it's not created by him in any way, which is also like a really lovely accolade that the fans are the ones. Yeah, it's in direct contrast to when you get like popular 
you know musicians who are very very overt with their politics mm. which then informs the fan base that way mm. you know like you think of i'm just gonna like think of like springsteen mm. for example who's very out there with his politics mm. um which then informs the fan base and it's it, you know you're then positioned to be kind of like oh well if you don't get on board with that that's your problem yeah whereas it's it, you know it seems to be working it's sort of working in the other way around. yeah the fans are like look this is our politics this is what we we want and harry has got it has to take that on board yeah and you know he has to incorporate that as part of who he is or not you know that's the question mm. as to how much he's obligated to mm. sort of extend himself to mm. yeah what the fans want and that's the thing i mean he's like a black like you've used the term like kind of blank space before yeah um I love a T-Swizzle reference. Yes, right, <laughs> right. Um, Harry is this kind of, it reminds me of Prince in that, you know, Prince was this kind of massive enigma. Um, you know, we kind of, we saw him all the time and he was such a presence, but we actually really knew nothing about him. Well, we talked about the... Um... The Rolling Stone interview? Yeah, we talked about the Rolling Stone interview with um, Cameron Crowe um, and how basically you learn nothing new about it. <laughs> It's, a, it's an entire profile that's mm. dedicated to, like, you know, the the mechanics behind his new album and mm. all of that. But you don't... There's no... Apart from any... Apart from the parts that just refer to the actual album itself mm. and, you know, the act of songwriting and mm. how he went off, um, you know, to the Caribbean to do it. Mm. Like, you don't learn anything about him. No. And he's so much a part of these fans' lives and yet we don't actually know that much about and him. And it just seems to come up all the time, doesn't it? The fact that you just, like, you don't... Like you say, he doesn't... Well, it's like, I mean, I understand it completely because, mm. like, imagine you were 16 and your whole life mm. was on show for mm-hmm. the world. Mm. Like, literally everything you did, everyone knew about. It mm. was like you ate breakfast and someone wrote an article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of, like, really understand why he yeah. has, like, clawed. Yeah, and that's, that that's why it's back. interesting, I think, actually, because it's it's funny that it does seem slightly strange that he is so guarded when it comes to like every aspect of personal life mm. because i think we are so used to our pop culture figures just mm. being so out there yeah with everything and with social media as yeah and i think that that creates like a level of expectation yeah from like fans and you know admirers where it's like we want to know every single aspect about that but i can only imagine what that must be like yeah as you know to be the person at the end of that mm. Which is so I completely get it. Like, do we do we think it's like this kind of mysterious approach? Do we think it's do we think it's a marketing tactic, do, like clever PR? Do we think it's a barrier for his own well being? Like, is I it a, both. an I aspect of him being able to maintain control? Uh, like, is that do we think it's a bit of both? I think it's a little bit of like maintaining no, as much normalcy for yourself as mm-hmm. possible, but it's incredibly marketable. Yeah, mm. I mean, I think it works. Like, I think that they've. They probably worked their marketing campaign around mm. this concept, which is a really good yeah. Work. And it works with the kind of like, um, like that classic rock legend mm. status that he's trying to like emulate mm-hmm. throughout this whole marketing, mm-hmm. throughout his whole album release thing. So, you know that that kind of that air of mystery works with that. It works. It's the Prince, the Bowie kind mm. of you know like is is he a real person? Is he a character? Is he you know who is Harry Styles? No one yeah. knows. Yeah. Um, do we think, I mean, I imagine that's, yeah, that's like you were saying, it's kind of a, mostly a positive thing. It's kind of what his audience, is it what we need from like, like a pop star that we really admire? Like to have that kind of, 
blank space that we can I think it works from like I mean from one direction because when you think about the boy band boy bands are essentially there for you to project what Mm -hmm. you want onto them like Mm -hmm. they're blank spaces Um, they're usually like marketed as archetypes Mm. right for young girls to sort of pick and and mold to Mm. what they want Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he kind of like that 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 desire to just like see Harry as who you want him to be comes Mm -hmm. kind of from that even if you didn't come from the One Direction background Mm. yeah it's still it's still inherent in there and it's lovely because you you know Harry gets Harry is whoever you want him to be Mm -hmm. um, without him having having to actually be that person yeah absolutely um one of the articles that we'll link to um that was really interesting that i really liked was uh the article by mitzi the one projection oh, yeah, Harry so loved it, loved it, loved i mean it. that was probably like one of the best ones uh-huh. right and it kind of talks about the evolution of harry's image from kind of one direction to being a solo star and our perception of him mm-hmm. of, of him as well as our like his perception of himself yeah um, and there's just a really good quote which i think you pulled out as well yeah um from this article that says um it's interesting now to listen to styles sing words that he himself has written in comparison to one direction's hits concocted by outside experts to watch the idol prop up his own idols inherited from a long lineage of rock music it's especially interesting because as i sit here dissecting the female ideals and stereotypes portrayed in styles's music i've been projecting onto him our cultural ideals of the cute popular boy in school the mick jagger inspired charismatic rocker the solo sensation recently graduated from boy band stardom I thought the entire article was yeah. incredibly interesting. Yeah, I, I had called that up, that particular quote out as well because I just thought it was so, I don't know, it just seemed to resonate with me um, with a lot of things that we had been discussing mm. like before and after the show. It was so bang on, right? It was, yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's, that's it just nails it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, the, the point of Harry is that if you ever actually did get to know him, you probably wouldn't like him yeah <laughs> you just wouldn't live up to this kind of no. like ideal notion of what you've constructed because, for him no. to be in your head which i think is obviously true of of, of any infatuation yeah, yeah. but harry just in particular i think is like you say because he is so blank you just have to construct your own idea of what i mean like. I've, I've spoken about this before but i've become the springboard for anyone who has a harry styles yes problem uh, which has been <laughs> happening recently is that why we confide in you so yeah much? everyone everyone cut like i've had at least seven people come to me over the last year and be like look i'm like Help me through this. <laughs> yeah, really, we've all been I, coming out on Twitter, haven't we? Like, look, guys, I just have to say this. Um, I really like Harry Styles. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a Harry Styles fan that's over the age of 23. Uh... <laughs> and he, like, and every person that has done this to me has, like, spoken about Harry and we have a conversation about Harry and their Harry is different hmm. to everybody else's yeah Harry. which is so interesting and it's so bizarre and it's like it's but fine. no one thinks like, they're right no no everyone's like no your harry is fine and and that's how i sort of felt at the concert where it's yeah. like where you think you're not sharing because you have your own specific harry yes yeah. so absolutely you're not sharing him because yeah. you... no one's wrong and you're also not trying to take him away because he's obviously yeah like no it's like it your version of him is very personal to yeah. you yeah and it can coexist yeah. yeah so you could have a conversation where it's like oh no i think this about him but i understand where <laughs> i understand where, where you're I understand that you think that that's fine that's not in line with my my vision yeah yeah I mean it's I find it fascinating because I love I mean all of the Harrys are great they're always really great because like you know he's like he's like sexy or he's cute or you know he's fun yeah yeah he's like dorky or he's cool yeah yeah and I'm like you know and I I don't know who Harry is like and I hope that I never learn I wonder whether he knows who he is as well I mean, I do worry about that. Yeah. I do worry that he's, like, present 
to such a blank slate that he has no idea who he is. Yeah. Um, but then you listen to his lyrics and his music and he says they're really personal and you're like, well, that's quite horrifying a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The lyrics are quite sexist and um, yeah. very kind of beholden to that kind of classic rock That's misogyny. the thing, right? Like he's saying it's very personal, but it's like, or are you basically writing in the style of like Mick Jagger well, this is and what everyone I think, else? Because I can't tell whether it's... I mean, that's why I like the album, because it sounds like... Yeah, yeah and I can't tell... Like a 70s record. That... Completely, and it's sort of like, for me, that's what it sounds like, is it, it sounds like someone who's trying to emulate mm. all of those... That's what I thought. I thought it sounds like you, Harry Styles made us a mixtape of all his favourite songs. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's where the the personal side comes from. It's yeah. just like it's like, he also, personally like when he this. was yeah when he's crafting all that then he's dragged all of that misogyny yeah yeah which into, right into yeah completely songs. which I think is so important to acknowledge yeah but I also that's why I love Kiwi so much because yeah. it's a song that could be and should be a really sexist song right when you yes. listen to it but it's so absurd <coughs> that fans have just kind of taken it and decided that it's theirs mm. and gone no guys. This this is for us. This is our like. You think this fan is a sexist anthem. song about like Harry singing about some girl that is awful? Yeah. But no, it's not. It's actually just bizarre. Yeah. Which is why I quite like the video for it in, in its pairing. In it's, it's just like completely the things they could have done with that. Yeah. You know, with the um the lyrical content. Yeah, of it. but yeah. they just went no puppies. That wouldn't cake. have like we're just I gonna mean, put a cactus in there. Like... it would have been Harry pregnant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, I like the idea of um, I like it that people combine the cactus in a black dress into yes. one thing. I just wanted the video to have a cactus wearing like a little black. I number love that at some he's point. changed the lyrics yeah. when he sings it because he sings like um, she like he's, he on the album it's a cactus in a black dress. Yeah. Um, when he sings it live, he sings um, she goes home to a cactus. She, she wears, wears a, a black, black dress. dress. So he obviously like, knows that everyone. I just everyone need to correct has... my grammar because uh, everyone's getting really confused by this plant that I've dressed up at home. <laughs> yeah, but I um, loved it. That was so I great. do remember hearing it and being like, "Sure, okay." Is it? Though? The cactus is wearing a black dress. Okay. Cool, yes. Cool, cool. <laughs> I, I... Um, and just going back to what we were kind of saying before um, about how this experience compares to the experiences we've had in other music scenes and we've all kind of grow up with grown up with different types of music and we went to a lot of shows when we were younger um you've got that uh you've got a quote from the 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 article by emma garland yeah so i mean this in particular found um i feel like i felt like we'd fucking written this yeah quote. I, mean, I was like whoa there are some really really great people writing for noisy at the moment actually that are very much kind of uh probably on our wavelength yes um, this really validated that this is like a shared experience. Yeah, that completely. Other I mean, Emma, we've mentioned, um, I don't know if we've mentioned Emma specifically, but Lauren O'Neill is another one that writes for the yes. and has written a bunch of stuff. We were just like, fuck yeah. But the Emma's piece, um, so Harry Styles has found Elevate shows from entertaining to empowering, um, which appeared on Noisy. Um, there was a particular quote that I pulled out of it because I did think that it had increasing relevance for, for mm. us just given our kind of musical histories and it's um, for all the talk of inclusivity and equal rights often thrown around within subcultural communities like punk, hardcore and indie predominantly male dominated spaces that can't seem to go a day without someone in a band being called out as abusive it strikes me as significant that this is one of the few shows I've ever been to where I've not felt threatened by anyone in the room and it's not because I am at five three five feet three inches one of the largest people in this one it's because harry styles supports his fans politics while they really live it and as a result his shows have become a place for people to celebrate being whoever they are the diversity of the room speaks for itself to that he's cheering just as much for his fans as they are for him and i think it's really 
uh, also important to mention that she was at the same show as us. She was, yeah. And she had exactly the yeah. same. And when I did read it, I was like, it's really nice to know that we weren't, like, I didn't think we were the only people no. having that experience, but it's just really nice to read something that just completely yeah. resonates. Yeah. Earlier in the episode when we were talking about um, uh, people not wanting to call out, you know, particular uh, cultures within particular music scenes um, mm-hmm. as abusive. Um, yeah, again, like, I just, I was surprised that anyone else would want to admit that, you yeah. know, actually, this is the feeling that I've been told so many times that I should feel at, like, yeah, like, hardcore shows, other shows, and it's fucking not. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing I found um, about um, Emma's piece as well, which I liked, is that I found it really hard to actually put across to people since being at the show, mm. like, other people that weren't there, just how important it was to experience that. Yeah. Like... In well, a way that's, like, really, I mean, it really left an impact. Yeah, and it's, I think it, it has been really hard for me to actually, you know, explain. Like, no, no, no. People who I'm don't not take just, it seriously, I'm not basically. just saying this because I adore Harry Styles. And I had, like, like, such a fun time. Yeah, I had a really great time with my friends. It's it's so much more than that. Yeah. It was the entire thing. It just, you know, 50% was about him on stage, sure, but it was 50% about what was else was going on in that room and yeah. just the overall vibe. And I think, I hate saying, like, oh, if you weren't there, you don't get it. But I think, like, it is something that you have to experience. Yeah, and I just, I, I was, like, a bit angry, actually, for the rest of the next week, just thinking about how I've been told for so many fucking years that this is how I'm supposed to feel at, like, a lot of the other gigs I go to. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, we're inclusive, man. Like, this is, you know, what our music about is. Just people preaching so much about it. Yeah. And I've never felt so judged in those fucking social situations a lot well, of the time. Well, that's, that, and that's always been my issue with, you know, historically when I've been it's to just so hypocritical. shows. You're like, oh, yeah, no, we're all in this, you know, blah, blah. No. And you're just like, no. Because... And I'm not saying that there aren't, like, bands and particular shows that are really inclusive and great, but, like, the scene as a whole tries to make out that it's just... Yeah, and I think I think for me it's more historically just the kind of, you know, I, I so rarely go to punk and hardcore shows now anyway, yeah. just because I've it's left a bad taste in my mouth. But I know people, you know, like, there was the shows that Tom and Wes went to last yes. weekend in particular, the... Um, the Limp Wrist show I know yeah. was really really important for yes again for people from the, the right LGBTQ yeah. community had the right like, atmosphere had the right atmosphere and I know that that was a very actually when we were talking it through Tom and I I said to him like oh it sounds like your experience there is very akin to mm. how we felt when we saw Harry Styles and it's like there couldn't be more polar opposites mm. but it's nice that you have kind of seemed to have experienced what I had at that yeah. show but that's yeah. the only point I think yeah where I've, where I've been able to explain to someone oh what you're describing to me is how we felt at Harry's yeah place. and like you and I April in particular going into this show had a lot of anxiety um because we were both you know expecting something akin to what we're used to mm-hmm. um and Vaughn fortunately for you you kind of you knew what was coming yeah. but you know for me I was just like oh you know I'm really hoping I can actually a hear him because people aren't just singing in my ear people aren't going to push me around because I'm in the way like god are people going to be really drunk because they're really overexcited and they've got really trashed and they're going to spill their drink and get angry at me and like none of that like the anxiety just completely disappeared when we were yeah I mean I think for me depressingly that is more and more my experience of live music mm. now is that I um will only go if I know that I'm gonna have like if I'm gonna feel okay yeah if I'm gonna feel okay so like a big thing for me as well is that now when I go to shows nine times out of ten if I can I will always be seated yeah because um 
standing at shows that i just find it way way too stressful but we were standing for this and it was fun <laughs> and i think that is that's so much to do with the environment because it's you know i mean i think that some of it is you get to the point where you go to see a harry styles show so there's no qualms about being cool yeah. no you no one no one there can kind of claim coolness i mean i'm i do get a little bit worried because he is getting quite cool yeah but uh, you know, no one there is like you're all at the same level. Yeah. Like there, there. You know, you're all liking this ridiculous, beautiful, ridiculously beautiful man that sings silly pop songs. Yeah. And and they're great, and they're great songs. But uh, and he's a fantastic performer. But you also don't have any credits to be like, you know, what, I actually am superior to you. No one was there yeah. to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, oh my god, I'm going. I brought a new fucking outfit for that show. And I didn't buy it for anyone else. I bought it specifically for me and for Harry Styles because clearly he would really like my outfit as he well. If he saw it, he would have loved I've it. I've not been that dressed up for a show. No, in a very long time. Yeah, it was we great. All great. Yeah, and you felt great. Yeah, and everyone there felt like they dressed up specifically. It was just so good. I, I wore felt shorts, like we were on yeah. like a massive collective date with Harry right? Styles. Right, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. I wore shorts that I would feel so un- like I never wear shorts, and I would have felt really uncomfortable wearing them anywhere else. But it was great. I didn't. It didn't matter. It didn't. Yeah. It was great. It was a really nice collective date. That's the like spot date. on. Such a good word. And yeah. this is weird because I don't want to date Harry at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, I feel like this is such a strange episode of the thirst because I'm not thirsty for Harry Styles. All of the things one is thirsty for, including that lovely long list that we were talking yeah. about earlier. Harry Styles, Harry Styles is, does not register. I love on him. That. I love him. He is like my surrogate son, but I would not bang him. <laughs> like you could not pay me enough to have sex with him. Fine. It's fine. We're filling that void for you. Thank you. Yes, you guys. You guys can bang him as much as you want. It always ends on us talking about banging Harry Styles, doesn't it? I'm so sorry. Um. So, uh, obsession of the week. Obsession of the week. Because no, no one's one... made us a fucking <laughs> jingle no yet. We should make our own jingle. We're going to have to make our own jingle. Do you know, it's not as fun when you have to make your own, but uh, Well, sure. we didn't no. make our um, intro song. No, that's true. Okay, else, we'll make Tom. Tom can make us a jingle. did it, so we're going to do it. Um, what's your obsession of the week, please, Steph? It's the same as everyone else's. What's gone? Isn't it Army Hammer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am, I am thirsty for Army Hammer. Yeah. Like, I'm really sorry. Armand. He's like, so. This it is had the to third be. Obsession time. of the Week had to be thirsty. This is the third time it's Army Hammer. We need to have an Army Hammer detour. The third thirsty time. It's Army Hammer. There's just a lot of promo at the moment. Well, there was the article in um, Vulture where he talks at length about his experience filming Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Which was just a lot. Um, and then there was the photo shoot that accompanied that article, which indeed was a lot. Yeah. It was all a lot. I just him in a turtleneck. Why is GQ always so good for oh, and there photo was the shoots GQ as well? Yeah, right? Photo shoot where he is eating a burger. <laughs> Being all legs. I don't even eat. Just the man entire, is tall. So when I was watching, legs. when I was watching, um, the man from Uncle, mm-hmm. I was just like, he is so tall. He's very tall. He's a tall drink of water. He is a tall, cold drink of water to quench my thirst. What's yours, Val? Is it the same? Yeah, it's Army Hammer. I think it's so. Army Tam- Hammer is like three-time winner of. Maybe we should. I'm gonna make a collage. Three-time gold. Three-time gold, gold winner. He's just. So delightful. Yeah. Like, he's so tall. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, he really is. He can go on our Thirsty Hall of Fame. I'm going to make a notice board for our office. We definitely need it. In our office, what, your room? My spare room. Yeah. 
It's better than having a shit list on the wall, which is what I suggested last time. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't have, don't have the shit list. No, we don't need reminding of that. Put that in the bathroom or something. Um, so, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us online, Twitter, we're at thethirst, soundcloud.com forward slash thethirstpod. Um, iTunes, you can search for us thethirst. Instagram, we're at thethirstpod. And you can email us, of course, thethirstpod at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, Vaughn. Thanks for having me. It was lovely to have you We're going to miss you. Yeah. yeah. We'll do um, it again. This time next year, probably. I'll be yeah. sitting here freezing Episode- my butt 21 or something. <laughs> and it will still be Army Hammer. Yeah. It will still be Obsession of the Week. Obsession Army Hammer's got Army a new Hammer. film. Yeah. Oscar winner. He hasn't oh, even Hammer. got a new film. I'm just yeah. still We're still, still going. We're still talking about Call Me My <laughs> uh, yes. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.